Hello, hi, it's me, Kira, <laughs> and this is the Astrology Show. Um, happy day. Hope everyone's doing well today. And yeah, I have a fun episode for you. I wouldn't call it fun. I would call it nourishing. I would call it um, thirst quenching. <laughs> I would call it... Um, just love, you know, it's water. We're talking about water today. And gosh, yeah, what a blessing this episode is, honestly. Um, I just have some really beautiful, <clears throat> some really beautiful friends and colleagues here to talk about the best elements, water. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just saying that because I'm a water sign, but um, I also, of course, you know, have a lot of reverence for it. And as do my friends and colleagues who I talk to today. So we're going to get into that. Um, the doors to the 11th house are now closed. For now, they will open back up again. You can um, join our wait list if you're interested. If you didn't get to make it in this time, and you're, you want to know, you want to be the first to know when they open back up again, please check out our wait list. Um, should be in the show notes. And if not, you can find it on my website and all the things, um, on, on our socials and all that. And, um, even if you did miss out on getting into the community this time around, you don't need to miss out on, um, some great learning opportunities because we have our first guest workshop of the year. Um, on Saturday, February 26th. And it is all about SEO for astrologers. Taught by Captolia Eaton, my um, incredible genius <laughs> branding and marketing coach. Um, she has so much great wisdom to share and she she has been doing this for a long time. So she knows a lot about SEO. SEO is search engine optimization, <laughs> if you didn't already know. Um, and there's a lot that our community can learn from her in this regard. So you can still join um, in on that. You can purchase a ticket. And even if you can't make it live, you'll still receive the recording. Um, so if that's interesting to you, check out the link in our show notes. Yeah. What else? What else did I want to tell you guys? Um, uh, I think I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I have more to share next week. How about that? <laughs> um, I have more to share next week. So I think I'm just going to let you guys get into it. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these things buzzing in my mind about things I want to tell you, but we'll wait till Monday. We'll wait till the next episode. Um, so let me leave you with this. Um, yeah, water signs. Get ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why did I start like that? Hey, everyone. <laughs> So this episode begins with the Kool-Aid yes. man. Like, oh, yeah. Water signs. Let's get juicy. Oh. Um, 
folks. I am so stoked to talk to you today uh, or to, for you guys to hear us talk um, about water signs. We have me and three other water signs here today to nourish you and you're just going to drink it up and feel really good. <laughs> Maybe a little drunk off of it. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I have Steph Koifman, Ari Felix, and Taylor Ursula here with me today. Um, I'm sorry, my subtitles <laughs> are ridiculous. It said stuff like... It <laughs> Never mind. But anyway... <laughs> I don't even want to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you mean stuff question? So anyway... <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's what it said. Stuff <laughs> Stuff, Stuff, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I um. <sighs> anyway, um, <laughs> this is this is what happens when you get a bunch of water signs together folks. and all the this, Jupiter material. This is it, and and a bunch of Jupiter yes. material. Exactly, lots of giggles, lots of bubbles. <laughs> um. So anyway, yes, I have these three lovely people with me today. Um. We have we have a representative, of course, of all three all three water signs and two Scorpios, of course. Um, so we're gonna get into it, but before we get into it, um, introduction. So let's start with you, Steph. Um, do you want to tell us your SMR mm -hmm. um, and about your practice? Yeah. So I'm the I'm the requisite Cancer in the group. I'm a Cancer Sun, Taurus Moon, Libra Rising. So extra lunar extra venusian um remind me what day is this episode supposed to launch because i'm actually in the middle of a rebrand so depending on when this episode <laughs> drops, i might be going by a different name <laughs> oh it's gonna be like early feb okay yeah like so, mid early, mid early feb okay so yeah um i think you know i've i've been going oh, as sorry february 17th there we go okay so I have I it right I there. Will, I will have done my reveal oh, by then. Awesome. Um, so, you know, if you know me, then you probably know me as the Daily Hunch. That's my sort of name online. Um, I've been a practicing astrologer since 2016, 2017, around then. Um, and by the time this episode drops, I will be the astrologer formerly known as the Daily Hunch, now known as Lady Kazemi. Yay! Oh, my gosh. Yay. Congratulations! Oh my god, because yeah. this has been a process of this mm -hmm. this naming. It so has Lady Kazimi. Love it. Congrats! Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Why Lady Kazimi? Um, I don't know. It took me months to come up with a name that felt good. Um, and I think I think I liked the way that it felt. Kind of like a, it felt like a little bit of like a pop star, rock star vibe to it, but also like the concept of Kazimi. Um, it's just like, that is the kind of experience that I like to evoke in people. Mm. And, um, yes, it's one of my favorite kinds of transits too. I love that so much. Um, I can't wait to hear what Ari has to say about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I love that. So congrats on that. Thank um, you. And so you offer, what are your offerings, type of offerings do you have? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to do, like, mostly natal chart and, like, year ahead type forecasts. But I have, like, a 
I call it the anything goes reading where like if someone just wants a consultation like based on their specific thing that they're going through at the time like it's just like yeah like we can have an hour to just talk about whatever you want um yeah and it tends to really really run the gamut love that awesome cool thank you um and we know each other we we knew each other in person in new york that's how we Mm -hmm. got connected i I think it might have been through annabelle gatt yeah i think so probably yeah yeah Annabelle connects a lot of people yeah Um, and um i used to organize these monthly dinners and you came to quite a few i I know i miss those a lot yeah i miss them a lot a lot that was that was great um but hopefully oh we will reconnect um for norway 2022 Mm -hmm. yay awesome um ari hi (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to the astrology show thank you um do you want to tell the people about yourself a little bit yeah i've been so excited about this i'm so thrilled to be here speaking with the three of you specifically um and stuff like your writing on Kazimis is some of my favorite so I'm really excited about your your name change thank you and I just got a kitten and her name is Kazimi <laughs> no way. yeah so that's what Kira was referencing oh my god yeah she's super cute yeah. I'll send you some photos did you did you get the kitten during a Kazimi I met like her the- during the Mercury Kazimi in Gemini in June and I then she came that. home on the full moon in Gemini Mm-hmm. <laughs> is she gonna make an appearance she might it's it's nap time so okay. <laughs> yeah um so happy. that's all you need to know about me i have a cat now. <laughs> 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 oh, i am an astrologer i've been practicing for over a decade um i am a planetary priestess i write about distilled astrology for apocalypse and i provide emotional support through facilitating pop-up emotional support groups on different topics and i write do a lot of writing i've written love letters to the sun signs love letters to the moon signs i have a monthly membership of poetic protocols and ritualistic recommendations and then you know general writing on the world wide web as well you have the most benefic third house I've ever encountered. It's pretty juicy. <laughs> so I, it's so juicy, and so is your writing and all of your offerings. Um, Thank you. I've had a reading from you. It was very impactful. So, oh, thank yeah, you. you have so many good and accessible offers that people, if you don't know about Ari somehow, they were on episode one, um, which was like such a like enriching, beautiful episode. Oh, it was really great. Um, and so I'm really happy to have you back. Thank you so much for inviting me back. And how do we know each other? I think Twitter, <laughs> TBH. When yeah? I finally stopped, well, I never stopped, but when I finally made my secret Twitter account public, or I think I might have just created a new public one and I still have my secret one. Um, I'm the Scorpio, by the way. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the lessons are beginning. Yeah. Um, that was like early 2019, so it was probably around then. But then we met in person last year. I came to your house for Tiny Norwalk. Yeah, that was that was an incredible experience. It was really cute. Um, it was really cute. And we just, you know, we're both so Scorpio. We both 
have similar planets in Scorpio that are kind of all conjunct each other. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like we get each other. Like to have someone that like gets you on that level, on that deep Scorpio level, um, without having to like explain yourself is like kind of rare and beautiful. And it was so nice to have you here in my home. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. I uh, before I forget, I'm a Leo rising ruled by the sun in Scorpio, ruled by Mars in Scorpio, conjunct Mercury and Pluto in Scorpio, and I have Pisces moon. <laughs> yes, so much Scorpio. <laughs> I love it. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all mm-hmm. of that. Um, Scorpio stellium. <laughs> I, I always like hesitate when I'm like, with Scorpios, I'm like, do you mind sharing? <laughs> Do you mind sharing? Yeah, before we started recording, um, Steph was asking me where I lived, and I'm so used to being so secretive about it. (laughs) I was like, oh, wait, no, I can, no, no, it was fine. It was before you were recording, but I was like, oh, wait, I don't have to be secretive. I can tell you where I live. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about that. It's so so Scorpio. It's like like a cryptic riddle. Yeah, I was like 20 minutes west of here and 20 minutes west of there, and that's where I live. (laughs) By a river. By a river. That's all you need to know. Bye, River. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Taylor. Hi. Hey, Taylor. I'm like the one the most likely to be like, I live exactly here, and you can tell everyone you know. Oh, wait. What's what? <laughs> uh, I so relate to that. My Pisces rising relates to that uh, a lot. Um, <laughs> tragic. Um, yeah, tell us about yourself. SMR, your practice. Yes, uh, I am Taylor. I am a Pisces sun, a Pisces moon, and a Capricorn rising. Um, my practice is probably very Piscean in that I've learned a bunch of things and just <laughs> woven them together um, seamlessly over time. So I started off reading tarot as as a young as a young person as a youth, um, <laughs> and that's definitely my my oldest modality. I've been doing that since I was a teenager, and I formally I began formally practicing astrology around 2016 as well. And in that in the course of all of that, I've also studied hypnosis, and so that's part of my practice. So I of course do a lot of um, like free hypnosis stuff on Instagram. Um, sort of like woven astrology and hypnosis together to sort of facilitate these sort of chart journeys and um, explore things in our chart in the ether. So um, that's definitely become, I think, the main focus of what I do. I love writing as well. And yeah, other than that, I do like a lot of one-on-one sessions, a lot of like natal charts, exploring Neptune and exploring the 12th house and sort of all of that very ethereal esoteric space (laughs) so yeah yeah um we did a whole episode about um hypnosis and the 12th house as well that was so fun um because it was really great um we both have saturn in the 12th we do um mine's a day chart yours is a night chart yours is your chart it sure is um So we had a really interesting discussion about the twelfth house and and hypnosis and what you do. And I've had a session with you, which was great. Um, so yeah, um, it makes a lot of sense. That's what you yeah, do, <laughs> absolutely. And really, like the more we've talked about that space, like people have definitely like kind of found me through that and been like, 
can we talk about the 12th house? Because I'm sort of scared and I really liked what you guys said Aww. about it. So, yeah, that conversation was really awesome. And I think I called my Saturn a drunk clown. <laughs> it's just like sort of like <laughs> up in the ether, just like, ah, this is chaos. And I'm just down here sort of like, okay, thanks for that. Um, so it, I think I think people sort of found that helpful. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, Jupiter ruled Saturn. Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting and then squaring it too, so it's an interesting world in here. But yeah. Yeah, you have Jupiter. Happy Jupiter return. It's been very interesting. I'm like, oh, there's a party in here. Okay. So we're just gonna this <laughs> yeah, is what's yeah. gonna be happening for the next few months. I'll try to make sense of it all. Wow. But it's been fun so far. That's right. You're getting so you're getting yeah, so much mutable. Yeah. And then joy, love. That's my whole Pisces stellium is in there. So my merc, my combust Mercury, my poor combust Mercury, just like sort of flailing, and then my Sun, and then my my Moon, and then Jupiter. So it's it's a big party in there. It's gonna be wow. Cool. We'll see what happens. <laughs> wow. What? Um. Okay. And, oh, and yeah. we know each um, other from. We know each other through Aaron. Wait. Wh- I think. Yeah. Yes. Aaron. Aaron, Aaron Chipley. And then you brought me into the fold of all of your dinners, and that's how I met Steph. And I feel like mm-hmm. just sort of being brought into your orbit, Kira, exposed me to Ari as well. So it's very fun to be here with all of you because I'm like, oh, Yay. and we just sort of like floated into orbit together, and here we are. Mm-hmm. So. I actually remember one of the first conversations I had with you, Taylor. <laughs> I think I was confused about a Pisces, and you were like, <laughs> I think it's because of this. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks that sounds right <laughs> uh, this is so great and so so yeah you guys all kind of know each other from I'm assuming like just Twitter and well you guys Steph and Taylor have met in person through mm-hmm. the dinners but you guys are all kind of familiar with each other yeah we're all in yeah, the same yeah. orbit sort of chatting yeah chatting amongst each other um yeah maybe like anchoring each other as this world continues to open up and floodgates mm-hmm. come in but yeah 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 um okay I mean like let's get into it because there's I was I've always I'm really excited about all of these episodes and just this whole series but this one specifically you know I'm a water side so it's mm-hmm. there's especially being you know water rising there's just something so um there's something so specific I get from other water signs and people with like lots of water placements that is it's just so specific to that this element, you know, and that feels um, it reminds me of when you I don't remember. I did this experiment when we were in like kindergarten and it was something about like water being magnetic and H2O molecules being, you know, um, like adhering to each other Mm. and I just remember like having water on your on your fingers and if you put them close enough the water will you can like watch the water kind of like you know magnetize towards each other um and just that congealing that that combining um adhesive nature to water and the element um, is I feel that so deeply when I'm around water signs and I'm, you know, getting nourished by water signs. Um, <clears throat> so I've been really excited about this because, yeah, it's just something, you know, 
you love you love all the signs for different reasons but water signs it's like it's like taking you know a warm bath or like taking you know the most refreshing shower or or like you know being in a steam room it's like a particular type of um nourishment that i crave especially living in dry california (laughs) um so i talked about this in the air sign episode which was um how and why i'm ordering the episodes in the way i have but you know you might come to this this might be the first episode you hear so um i want to just kind of quickly cover it again the reason um i'm ordering the episodes in the way i have in this series, which is starting with earth signs and then going to water and then air and then fire is because I'm modeling it off of what's referred to as the order of the cosmos or the order of the spheres or what are the other names for it? Like the hierarchy of the cosmos, kind of that, I guess, right? I feel like there's other names for it. I think, I think you covered it. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so yeah, which is a model, um, based on what is based on yeah just a geo a geocentric um point of view of the universe so what that means is when we're looking at out at the universe from earth from you know geocentric just refers to um earth being at the center we um we see the it's kind of looking at the universe and the spheres in particular the spheres of the planets um in maybe like a layer or a hierarchy. And I say hierarchy because whoever it was, I don't, I'm bad with details, but whoever it was that came up with this, <laughs> whichever no, man it was back in the day who came up with <laughs> some dude. <laughs> whoever came up with this, um, they, they were kind of basing it off of this like order of divinity, right? Like, they were they were kind of saying okay it starts with the ether which is kind of everything outside of the the known universe aka heaven aka source aka god aka the void you know there's so many different terms for this that what that space can represent but ether um and that is perfect unity or oneness and it's perfect you know it's the most divine that you can get and then as you get closer, the idea is that as you get closer and closer to Earth, Earth particularly, we get less and less layers of less and less divinity. So from there, we have the layers of or the, the realm of the fixed stars. Um, and they are considered very divine because they have a very uniform movement. You know, they don't they don't change. We just they just are always in the same place at the same time, you know, not at the same time. But you know what I mean? They they don't. There, there's no erratic movements when it comes to the stars. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you come in closer and you get into um, the realm of the planets and the seven, you know, spheres, seven heavenly spheres, and still divine in a lot of ways, but um, they they change. They have they have some some levels of um, uh. Er- what am I trying to say? Their movement sometimes can be erratic, a.k.a. they slow down, stop, and go retrograde. They go backwards in the sky sometimes, you know? Then they slow down and stop again. And, you know, sometimes they go out of their declination and they pop back in and they disappear behind the sun and then they come back on the other side. So starting with Saturn, 
that's going to be that's the slowest moving planet um so it's going to be more its movements are slower and therefore more regular and therefore you know the seventh sphere seventh heaven a little bit more divine than say the realm of mercury um, which is a lot more erratic and moves a lot more quickly and retrogrades a lot more often um, and then we come down to the moon um, which is the kind of barrier between the um, the earthly realm and the heavenly spheres, you know, like the ones that we can't really touch, but we just kind of watch do their thing up there. The one that the, the gods are modeled after or, you know, embody, depending on how you're looking at it. But then, yeah, in the sublunar realm that we all exist in, things are, you know, very changeable in that we we um are born and we grow and then we stop growing and start to decay and die <laughs> like you know it's like it's so impermanent and therefore and, and from this model um less divine because we don't have this impermanence we don't have this um or sorry we don't have this permanence you know we don't have this con continuous um, consistent, you know, divine, perfect order. Um, it's chaos down here in this sublunar realm. <laughs> but we even in this sublunar realm ha have um, the four elements that make up everything within this realm. And even those elements have um, are layered based on density. So um, earth being the most dense of all four elements sits at the center and from there, we have water, um, a more mutable substance, right? Something that, um, yeah, literally can like move and flow in a way. Um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about water. So sorry for that long introduction into it, but hopefully that's helpful, helpful for some people to kind of give a framework around um, where we're coming from. And yeah, just to start talking about this element. Um, so on an elemental level, I just like to know what, just like what comes up when, you know, you think about the fact that I was just like, hey, I want to talk to you guys about water and water signs. Like, what are some like basic things that kind of come to mind for you? Um, and yeah, Ari, Ari, do you want to start us off? Oh, ask the person with natal mercury retrograde to start. <laughs> um, yeah, it's interesting because I'll be a I'll be honest, I was so excited to have a chance to talk about Scorpio, which I feel like is one of the most underrepresented and misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I know even that sounds cliche, but um, I didn't think too much about the element itself. But um, water, I think like water signs is in line with that underrepresentation and um, misrepresentation. You know, water is one of the most powerful substances on the planet, let alone the substance that makes up most of the planet. And it is one of the most unknown realms, actually the most unknown realm in this planet. You know, we don't even know what the bottom of the ocean is. And so that's what I think of first when I think about water is just how unknowable and um uncontainable it is like even though it, it like has this illusion of being contained by the borders of like earth and that kind of deep like dense matter 
Water literally comes up from the ocean, the lakes, the rivers, the ponds, the creeks into the sky and creates clouds, which creates rain. You know, our water becomes fog and water carves mountains and canyons. Like water has made every big, beautiful earth structure that we have what it is. And so in that way, water is this like soft and overpowering, like simultaneously soft and overpowering substance, which I think we hear a lot when we hear people talk about water signs. We hear about the softness and we also hear about the like, ooh, intense, you know, and I like to think about intense as like in the present tense, like being intense as someone who's completely in the present moment. And that is intimidating and overwhelming for people who aren't. And that's what water is like. like. It's like stepping up to the ocean. You can't be, you know, unless you're like super used to being right in front of the ocean, you can't help but to like constantly be looking at it, constantly be thinking about it. Like you can't help but to feel some degree of awe in relationship to it. And yeah, that's that's where I like to start when thinking about water. It's just like it's the immensity of it and the power of it and the way that it, I think, unlike the other elements, doesn't need to do anything or feel the need to do anything to prove. You know, we're literally made up mostly of water. Like water is just like... I know I'm here, you know, like you're late if you're just realizing this, you know, um, and all its movements are so effortless, you know, like the rivers and the creeks and the streams, like even the stillness of a lake, like there's this effortlessness to which water carries its weight and water is actually like very heavy, you know, which makes me think about Saturn's association with water and ancient Tets like mm-hmm. it's very very heavy but it looks like the lightest thing so that's where mm-hmm. that's where i'd start beautiful yes yeah the word vast kept coming to me as we were talking about water and like the ocean <clears throat> and just like yeah all is such a good word too that you use like you can't help but be in awe of the the power that's like the pure raw power and strength in in water and the fact that it can just permeate anything and everything um in a way that's so like incons- inconspicuous too like just like it'll slowly erode through anything you know over time um and it has that patience too to do so it's like unstoppable um, like you like yeah. you can make a dam and even those need so much maintenance which is why they're like a big expensive chunk of state budgets because they require so much maintenance to try to stop the water <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like literally unstoppable yeah um taylor thoughts on water i was like please don't <laughs> ask me to follow Ari, that was <laughs> devastatingly beautiful. And oh, like, what am I supposed to add to that? Ari, you were like, that's where I would start. And I was like, um, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that felt very all encompassing for me. That was like, hey, was- you're both. Your birth, you're both have beautiful, th- benefic third houses. So, and I Pisces know- moons. 
It's true. It's Hell very yeah. true. Yeah. No, what, as you were talking, I just had so many visuals like flood through me. And I was thinking about how much we try to hold water or try to, mm-hmm. as you were saying, like we have the illusion of thinking we can contain water and yet it's not ownable. We all have it. We're all born with it. We all contain it. And there is something, I don't know, like all encompassing about about water. When you're in it, it's it's sort of everything. And mm. the way you're describing looking at water and sort of being in awe of it and not being able to tear your eyes away from it, I feel that way when we're in water as well. And we feel lighter, even though you're, you know, you're describing that water itself is really dense. We somehow float in it and we feel lifted. We feel bowied. We feel held in some way, even though we know that we're just nothing has changed. We haven't left really like the universe or the orbit or anything. Um, and so there is something about water that can really carry you to places um, that don't really exist on land or that you can only imagine from land. And once you're in water, you really get pulled into many different layers, many different realms. And I love what you said about we don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> we don't know what's, this is the the most vast and new, spe- like new species are being born all the time at the bottom of the ocean that we don't know about um and we've barely identified creatures that are in there and so i love what is so kind of vastly unknowable about water in the end we can sort of look into it as much as we want and we can reflect through it but there is something also just sort of forever intangible about it that i think is magical I think magical, I just wrote down the word magical (laughs) Um, (laughs) when it comes to water. Like it really truly is. And just the, just the fact that like one of those main like parts of like witchcraft and just like even um, ancestor work or any sort of like spiritual work often involves like get a cup of water, you know what I mean? Like get some water involved. Like you need the, you need the four elements and water it's such an important part of it, the way it conducts and the way it even mm-hmm. reflects, refracts, 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 oh God, <laughs> Mercury is stationing, um, refracts light um, and how magical and beautiful that can look, you know, mm-hmm. and like you're just looking at even a puddle and like light bounces off of it in the right way and it just, Again, like you said, water has this ability to just transport you into other worlds, but whether you're floating on water, whether you're underneath the water, or even if you're just like in a tub or in the shower, like tripping in the shower is like the best thing for you, I think. <laughs> this is not medical right. advice. Um, <laughs> no, when you were talking earlier, I was thinking like that's where, you know, my third house Pisces stellium, like the shower or the tub is where like the bulk of my ideas come from. Like the second I get into the shower, I'm like, oh my God, everything is like yes. merging and I have to go tell those five people that I was talking to everything that just like connected <laughs> here in in this 20 minute shower where I'm washing my hair <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's it's so important it's like it opens yeah, exactly. you right? it's like it's mm-hmm. know, yeah it opens you up so yeah i love that stuff it's stuff yeah. yeah did anybody used to pretend to be mermaids in the oh, pool sure. yes 
Oh yeah, when we were kids. <laughs> Definitely pool oh, to yeah. bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I'm just I'm kind of laughing thinking about what Ari said about how like you know like the bottom of the ocean is the least known, and it just makes me kind of. Yeah, because, you know, Jeff Bezos launches his penis rocket into space, but he's not going to do that to the fucking deep sea. No. He's too scared. You're so you know? right. You're so <laughs> we, right. We have all of these kinds of like, you know, like it's like it feels like a fire air thing to kind of launch rockets into space. And we're mm-hmm. going to go explore. We're going to explore space, Manifest but we're not going to explore the sea. Yeah. 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 The sea is too like murky right. and strange and dark dark and yeah just kind of primal primordial yeah that's the word that you yes yeah when you said the ships versus the ocean it's like we're looking to the future when we won't look at where we came from or like the origin like we don't want to know literally where we came like we don't want to look back we have no interest (laughs) we're just like the unknown even though that is also Mm -hmm. unknown so yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah um, yeah. But yeah, when I think of water, I think of like the, like you said, Kira, the connective quality about how like, you know, you can take separate ingredients and put it into a soup or in a stew and suddenly it's all just kind of part of the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, one of the first things that comes to mind with water, by the way, I'm pretty sure this might be like a bunk scientific study, so I don't want to like cite science and then be like well this science doesn't really check out but i think the metaphor holds of just like water having a memory Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've heard this before Mm -hmm. just this um idea that like water can have things added to it and then if it's like distilled and like returned back to its original um like the original kind of chemical composition it's it's still somehow retains a memory of everything it interacted with Mm. and so i don't know if that's actually true but i think on a metaphorical level i think of water the element water the astrological um you know the astrological qualities as water of um water has a long memory to me Mm -hmm. love that yeah Uh like deep like a somatic memory too it's not just like yes. a mental facts type of memory it's like yeah. it's on all realms all levels of experience mm-hmm. type of memory it's like everything that's like alive today came from the water and um kind of makes me think about also how people will go to a body of water and sit next to it and become reflective mm-hmm. like something about being next to water makes people kind of like yeah, just more in tune with themselves, more kind of like wistful. They're gazing out a long way away. Mm-hmm. Like you go, you go to a river or the ocean to like be with your feelings in a way. Mm. Yeah, this is reminding me of something that came up in the Earth Sign episode um, about you know just the um, Moon and Venus being associated with water um, and how like just like you know you were saying Ari how um misunderstood and and disrespected water can be um or just yeah there's there's so much there around like it not being taken seriously in certain ways you know just like motions you know like feelings mm-hmm. you know like yeah. it's kind of seen as something that you know is is not 
not prioritized as something that's like as important it's as maybe intellect it's or like yeah it's secondary it's optional it's you know not required participation like the same way that we treat the water element and people who embody the water element is the same way that we treat our actual fucking water on this planet mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like dumping our trash into it mm. poisoning it extracting yeah. from it you know that is exactly like a dominant experience of people who embody the water element again where we came from yeah. it's just like another element of just that disrespect of that yeah when yeah. you say where like we where from. we came from i know you're talking about um evolution but it also makes me think about the theme of mundi and how it starts with yes. cancer <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes flooding of the nile yes that's beautiful something that so i can't remember i think it was kira who said this but it made me think about how emotion tends to be like the last thing we consider about people and then that can be the bri- mm-hmm. the final bridge between them we'll judge people about like ideas or about what possessions you know, sort mm. of these other elements and those can all separate us and it's not really until we decide to sort of explore how another person's feeling and recognize that we have felt something similar that we kind of decide to like lower those barriers and actually connect with each other um mm. which i don't know kind of adds to what ari was saying about water being taken for granted it's like that's the last place we want to go we don't want to think about how someone is feeling or we don't want to like open to that probably because we know that once we do we can't really stick with our old defenses and so there is Mm. this like suppression of that element and really it's the thing that you know steph said too like it connects us like it is the thing that connects us is emotion and feeling we all know what it is to feel hurt or to feel abandoned or to feel um, tired or to feel these things. These are like the things that we share um, that we're discouraged from bonding over or Mm. making anything out of. It's like something we're supposed to be able to do without. And the reality is that we can't. We're not well-rounded people until we embrace that as well. And so much like begins and is initiated from emotion, like from an emotion, from a feeling, from a reaction, like that sort of just chemical like reaction that happens within our body. Um, That's that's what starts wars. That's what, you know, makes babies, you know, like so many things like everything really comes from that. Yeah. You can say it's, there's logic and rationality. Sure. But like, what is the core? What is, what does it spring from? Right. It's like, it's from a feeling. Yeah. It's from our feelings. Cause we are feeling, we are watery, feelingy, mushy, gushy, <laughs> pink and on the inside just like beings (laughs) for better or for worse here we are (laughs) for better or for worse yeah that makes me think about um yeah again the illusion of containment like even with storytelling Mm. or as we like to call it in modern times marketing (laughs) like all of that is driven on understanding emotions but Mm -hmm. under the guise of not being related to emotions at all for the most part you know, um, some yes. commercials are getting really extra. They're like, oh, we're going to play this emotion shit up, you know. Um, but it's so 
it, it is literally the root of everything how we market like even storytelling itself is the use of the other elements earth air and fire to tell a story about water yeah everything is a story about water same thing with marketing right we use earth air and fire to tell a story about why you want to experience this yep. which makes me think of this john keats quote that i'm totally gonna butcher and i also don't know if it's really what he said or just from the movie <laughs> about his life but anyway um <laughs> and said so he said something or his character in bright star said something like you know we don't the point of jumping into the lake is not to consider the concept of a lake but to experience the lake itself mm. to luxuriate it to luxuriate in it mm. you know and that's what is again back to that complete immersion and presence and you know i think that is a big part of people's terror of water you know or and people who embody water is that complete immersion that's required for you to um enjoy the benefits mm-hmm. yeah. hell yeah that was awesome well with that 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 keeps bringing me back to the Themamundi and the cancer mm-hmm. rising and i want to start with cardinal water i want to begin with the cardinal signs let's Let's get into it. Let's dive <laughs> into it. Um, <laughs> Steph, what do you... <laughs> I just have to get this off my chest. Sure. Um, when you were talking before, I thought of that time Austin Kopik said, all God's creatures are juicy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, cancer. I would, I would love to hear how you conceptualize cancer your sun sign it's kind of funny because for myself sometimes when i'm talking to people who don't know much about astrology like usually like men i met off of hinge so what does it mean that you're a cancer (laughs) oh my god that question the bane of my existence what does that mean I know. And it's just like, I think when I was younger, I had like more ready answers. And like the older I get, the more I'm just like, I don't really know. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you're I mean, cancer. It could be. Yeah, it's so different I for do, everyone. But it's like, I feel like I'm supposed to say that it makes me caring and nurturing. And like, sure, it does. But I just I don't feel satisfied by that answer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it doesn't feel satisfying for me or for, I guess, a lot of like the real people that I've met with cancer mm. placements. Um, but yeah, I mean, to go back to the Thema Mundi thing, um, for those listening who don't know what we're talking about, so the Thema Mundi is a, a theoretical birth chart of the universe. And it was used by um, ancient astrologers to kind of develop the whole sort of framework for um, things like, you know, essential dignity and like where planets joy. And basically, it just kind of this theoretical birth chart of the universe. Um, created a lot of the strictures and sort of like i guess um conceptual ideas about like how planets perform in different signs in different parts of the sky um and so the rising sign of the thema mundi is cancer and this was because cancer season was when the nile would flood in egypt and so this was considered like you know the flooding of the nile was this huge event where it would leave fertile soil in its wake and so this was kind of thought of as like the beginning of life, um, like the initiation of all life. Um, and so cancer is a cardinal sign. Cancer is an initiator. Um, and a lot of people 
um oh, there you go nice little yes. visual yes <laughs> i was like trying to find it oh, yes yes awesome. yes there she is yeah um so yeah i mean i think one of the the stereotypes that gets associated with cancer a lot is that of mom and that can get a little bit tiresome but also yeah i mean there is a basis for it right because you know you're coming back to this sort of primordial idea of cancer being the initiator of life in a way um and i think that you know if you're someone with cancer placements and you just don't relate to this idea of being nurturing of like liking children and like you know not everyone with cancer placements wants to be a mom or can be a mom or like you know um but um I think there is something about kind of being initiated into an emotional experience that leaves fertile soil in its wake. So sometimes you think about, you know, if I if I would liken cancer to anything, it could be like the force that initiates a wave. Um, and maybe um, the tidal waters where water is constantly ebbing in and out um, because that's kind of influenced by the moon, which is cancer's ruling planet. Um, but yeah, I think there is something about the experience of a cancer transit as um, as being kind of initiated or plunged into some sort of, um, yeah, an, an emotional experience that then like allows you to, um, I guess, grow something new yeah. within yourself. Um, I also think that cancer has a lot to do with containing memories, like with, with what, what I mentioned with water, but I think my experience of being a cancer son is that I just remember everything. And I don't know if you all agree, if that's like something that we all have in common, but um, I don't know. It's just like, I, I had to like kind of realize as I got older that it's just not something that's true for a lot of people. Like I talked, oh, hi, kitty. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> my God. Yeah, um, yeah. that a lot of people, like, I'll talk to people and I'm just like, oh, like, I remember this one thing that, like, happened in middle school. And they're like, I don't know how you remember that. I, like, blacked all, out, like, my entire childhood. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I seem to have a memory of being a baby, and I don't know if that's real. Mm. But I just, I remember it, like, deeply in my bones. Like, it's just, like, this, um, it's this, like, purely innocent, like, sunny, emotional quality that I don't think I am capable of having as an adult mm -hmm. like there is just something so kind of like eternal sunshine and the spotless mind about it like um yeah cancer everyone says cancer is all about crying a lot and I also find that a little bit um and I'm like Pisces are the I will take that thank you <laughs> you hand that over here to me <laughs> yeah um, I would say that cancer is about like, you know, being brave enough to cry for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I guess like I, I should own this because, you know, my friends tell me this, um, but they always tell me that like they think I'm very brave yeah. around my feelings mm -hmm. and just like telling people you are how I feel. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you are. Yeah, um, I think that's that's something that definitely stands out to me about cancers and something I, I always really admire about cancers is like just the avail like the willingness to be vulnerable and just like be like yeah I'm in my feelings you know or like yeah I feel this way about this and and to stand by it and to 
to really own that, I think. And um, that, yeah, that's something I've always admired about cancers. And I, I affirm that in you because, yeah, we've, I mean, we've been friends for a couple of years now and we've talked about our various issues, especially when it comes to <laughs> relationships. And like, when you tell me certain things about like, yeah, so this is what I told him. And like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you go, go girl. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that you have that. Um, yeah, that's that ability to just like say what you mean and I think I would definitely call it brave. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, there's just like this kind of perception of cancer as being kind of like a little, like soft, sensitive, little crybaby. Um, but I want to challenge this idea that like sensitive is somehow weak. And, um, also that cancers are always soft because I think that, you know, it's like kind of what we were saying before about water being both soft and terrifying at the same time. I think cancers are, that's like my hot take. I think cancer is one of the most terrifying signs. <laughs> I don't know. If I mean, those agree. claws, you don't want those claws. You don't want those claws. <laughs> I think it has something to do with the fact that um, it's the only sign where both malefics have like an experience mm -hmm. of like debility or mm -hmm. fall. And there's just something kind of like, you know, like when a cancer is like pissed off, it's like scary as fuck i've been really wronged by some cancers so yes oh, no. <laughs> no, it's okay i mean um, yeah. i survived i'm okay yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah but no it's that's totally a thing and yeah i always say like yeah cancers are soft on the inside and that's why they can be mm -hmm. very very um defensive on the outside just like a yeah crab. they're armored yeah they're yeah. armored exactly exactly my joke is that um cancers are just pisces with better boundaries <laughs> i like that's that. pretty good i, like I mean <laughs> yeah or just maybe spikier boundaries oh. yeah, yeah. i think there is kind of like a quality of like being a little bit insular where like they only have like a couple like like they like their inner circle but then like they don't really want to like interact with anyone outside the inner circle right. Um, so I feel like I've known people like that. Um, yeah, I feel like cancer yeah. has a lot to do with like safety and boundaries. And I, I always think mm -hmm. of cancer and Capricorn or the moon and Saturn as very similar to each other in that way. It's like very much about containers and enforcing containers and safety within containers. Um, <clears throat> and I think when I think of cancer specifically, I do think of an, an, the aspect of the womb or like you said, the tide pools, um, a place mm -hmm. where life can safely grow and form, which kind of brings in the, um, I guess it reminds me specifically of like a specific Deccan. I think it's the Jupiter Deccan. The second one? Is that the, the Jupiter walled garden? One? Yeah, the walled garden. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just this like. This, that's where my son is. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just the place where like, it's safe, you know, and it's safe and it's nourished and, um, you know, it's like the nursery of, you know, dream nursery, basically, um, that yeah. I think a lot about with cancer. Right. The idea that like sometimes when something is tender and young, it needs a certain amount of like protection mm -hmm. to grow. Mm -hmm. um, it needs like some protection from the outside. Yeah. Um. And I also like, well, Jupiter exalts in Cancer too. Yeah. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with like, you know, like nourishment and um, fertility and stuff like that. Definitely. But I also think that like going back to this idea of like Cancer's remembering a lot, like 
you know, like, what's better for history than having, like, a complete body of knowledge Hmm. than, like, having your archives, like, fully accessible? That something, one of my best, or best, one of my um, most used sort of, like, associations with cancer um for me to kind of replace the the mom or the parent archetype would be the manager archetype um and i find cancers especially libra rising cancers oh no <laughs> um, no no not not i mean it's just this idea of being able to really like manage things or people or you know so take caretake it's really caretaking um mm-hmm. and you if when it comes to like prof- like doing it professionally in a mm-hmm. more external way that often looks like being a manager or being someone that um yeah can just like hand like is known for caretaking is known for handling a lot of things and again it's like what do moms do or what do parents do they are right. typically managing a lot of different aspects of you know many lives right and cancers i think just have that ability and the willingness to to do that um to create those like containers for and manage them you know yeah i mean i think yeah the 10th house cancer sun thing i see is kind of being like emotionally responsive to the needs of the public mm-hmm. yeah way. i see that too yeah um all right do you have thoughts about cancer you want to share I'm thinking about Jupiter's exaltation in Cancer and the um, story about the Nile flooding and that being, you know, a huge part of this entire concept and Jupiter being the overflow. You know, and it makes me think about Cancer's um, proclivity towards um, insulation and preservation and um, procreation just like in the verbiage sense and um and like maintaining resources like um reserving resources reserving energy money time <clears throat> attention and how jupiter's exaltation in cancer kind of like presents the question or the concept of how the way that those um virtues those values those qualities can be most constructive or most productive or even just most abundant is when they are shared and when they're overflowed you know and this um element of scarcity that can come up you know i think with every sign but um speaking specifically to cancer and how jupiter is the antidote to that and that we actually need more cancer not less you know, like we need more of that willingness to be in direct relationship, that willingness to be emotionally available, which really is what vulnerability mm-hmm. is. If we want to use something that's like not associated with war language and like the more that we can cultivate containers of care, which is what cancer is really good at um, interpersonally and systemically, um, the more prolific and abundant all our resources can be. And how cancer is so protective. I think that's one of the the qualities that I find most consistent with cancer in a way that it's like it's a primordial protectiveness, which is so underestimated and, you know, can 
absolutely be misdirected in, in just the direction of being protective of the ego and protective of the self and protective of one's own only, um, you know, but actually is, like Steph is saying, so crucial to making the room for things to grow and making the room for things to thrive. Like you have to be willing to protect and so it makes me think about cancer's associations with nationalism and patriotism and those kinds of things where it's like, this is the land and this is my stance of protection with the land or with my people. Um, and in, in the U.S. is cancer stellium. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that. Um, but yeah, exactly. We see how that can be like um, overdone, right? But it makes that makes me think about not to get on a tangent, but that real quick, that just makes me think about, you know, Mars being in detriment or in fall in um in cancer, you know, and that's kind of like the way a way to do cancer that can be harmful. Um so yeah, and I think I'm thinking specifically of like the one cancer friend I have. I don't have a lot of water signs in my life, which is part of why I'm excited to spend tonight with y'all. <laughs> um, but she's like so protective and defensive, not just of herself, but of me and of those that she loves. And I think that's an experience that not everyone has. Not everyone experiences someone really being willing to 100% have their back no matter what. You, you want to say something to me? <laughs> um, she's a Taurus, so uh, not this episode. Really. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I'll stop there. Beautiful. Thank mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah, the protective quality is definitely a huge part. Um, and I think you see that a lot with um, Mars and Cancer, too, to the extent where it's like you're ready to fight. You know, <laughs> you get ready, you're ready to fight for to protect what you care for and what um, which can be a really um, necessary quality in a lot of areas of life and a lot of fields too. Mm -hmm. um, survival, Taylor, like fighting for survival. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's a big part. That's a big one. Um, yeah, Taylor, do you have thoughts about cancer you want to share? I've really been thinking about what Steph kind of started off by saying, which is sort of the stereotype that we carry about cancer, supposing to be super nurturing and like motherly. And um, I feel like I think a lot about how we nurture each other and sort of this larger existential like mom wound that we kind of culturally carry. <laughs> And I think all of us do like that's kind of life like life is scary and unpredictable and there's been so much devastation regarding loss of mothers for children in various ways and even childbirth itself being like a very risky and terrifying uh, event in which like a mother may trade their life for a child and so I think this idea of motherhood is and maybe I'm going to end up going down like a motherhood tangent, but I think a lot about what nurturing looks like when we care for each other and how many of us are maybe kind of making up for some initial mother wound and carrying expectations about how we're supposed to be nurtured or what it's supposed to look like and who's supposed to be doing it and you brought me here, you owe me or, <laughs> and that may be some of the cancer expectations too. Like, well, I spent this time 
not needing to tell you what I needed and everything worked out. And so where, what happened? What happened when I came out here? And so thinking about that, and I really loved the visual stuff of like the flood coming in and leaving all this fertile soil. And so I love thinking about cancer as not needing to be a traditional mother or desire like coddling something small and helpless but really just recognizing where there is a thirst and facilitating that for someone else and maybe not being the person who does that signs up to do that for you forever <laughs> um mm -hmm. it's not it's not supposed to be sort of like a bound contract in that sense but it is opening up potential and possibility for other people i think and if we can recognize where we're interdependent rather than like codependent or needing something, needing one thing to provide for us consistently. Um, I think we can recognize where there's sort of theoretical fertility everywhere and we can sort of do that for each other or um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, where did no. I, I sort of floated down the, the river there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Steph, what you were saying really like, really crystallized some beautiful imagery about the roads that cancer can open up and doing mm, so in a compassionate and an emotion like rec through recognizing emotional signals and understanding I think Carrie what you said before about like we all have like water is sort of the first thing our feelings are kind of what what initiate things and um so yeah so that's that's sort of where I ended up with that there you go beautiful <laughs> I just want to add one thing. Sure, of is that I think that cancers are underappreciated for like how weird they are. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like what, what, like what does it mean that you're a cancer? It's like I don't know. I'm like I'm like Luna Lovegood. Like I'm just like someone you meet. And you're like oh like yeah, she's kind of weird, but she's all right. Like <laughs> I mean I yeah, that. that's like yeah, cancers can be loony you know cancer just can be a little like loony in that way and not that you know. It, not in a way that's like bad or anything, but it's a way that's like, yeah, it really, you really got to see what, what that moon's doing. Right. <laughs> and like it's changing phases constantly. Like if anything, it's the yeah, least consistent yeah. planet we have. And yet we've crystallized this idea of like, you're supposed to be here for me. It's like, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm connecting yeah, everyone. You're supposed, <laughs> to, you're supposed to be the mom archetype and take care. It's like, um, Moon and Aries, uh, I'm not sure about that. Moon and Aquarius, I'm not sure about that. You know, and it's not to say that those those signs can't be caring and caretaking, but it's not. Um, and even Moon and Cancer, it doesn't mean that that's what they want to do for everyone no. or for a partner or for a child. Even you know, it's like it really does matter where this energy is showing up in your chart. Um, and definitely look to the Moon too, and your Moon sign because that's going to speak. A lot, that's going to say a lot about how you caretake, how you go about this sense of creating safe containers for growth and for, um, yeah, for nourishment. And yeah, I don't know. It's the cancer specifically is one where it's like, you really got like, I, I want to know where the moon is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe like, maybe the moon isn't always nurturing, but it's always responsive in some mm -hmm. way. Yes. And so it's kind of the, the way that like, if you have a baby or a pet, like you're responding to their needs, you're kind of intuiting what they want yes. from you. It's kind yes. of what you said, Taylor, about how like, oh, like I didn't have to tell you what I wanted. You right. just knew. 
And so like there's different ways to, of being responsive in yeah. that way. That is so mm -hmm. such a great point. Yeah, because I do think about the moon just kind of gathering light, gathering information as it moves through and the zodiac, that. you know, right. and distributing. Yeah, like exactly. resourcing and, and totally, absolutely. Exactly. So it is so responsive and that's where that's where the changeability of cancer comes from is the fact that at one moment it's having this converse this conversation with um with Mercury, you know, and the next moment it's gonna be having a conversation with Mars, you know, and it's like there's there's a changeability to that. And as it's doing that, it's growing in light or, or waning in light. Um, there's constant change happening with the moon. Again, this is the this is the heavenly sphere that is closest to our, you know, chaotic, changeable <laughs> earthly realm. So um, it has it's it's that last line of um, filtering from the heavens down to us on Earth. So again, of course, there's going to be changeability to it. Um, I love what you said about that. Um, should we move on to Scorpio? Oh, okay. No, go ahead. I, <laughs> I, I want to hear what you have to say. I just wanted to say, like, the changeability excited. is so crucial to understanding cancer because it is a cardinal sign. It is a sign mm -hmm. that, like, cardinal signs initiate, they change, they make moves, they begin. And I think there's, like, some weird kind of projection of stasis onto cancer because of our projections about what it means to be in a responsive or a responsible role in your life. It means that you can't do anything, like, you just have to be that, you know, what we've projected onto parents mm -hmm. um, and caretakers. But cancer is cardinal it's changeable and i i would prompt people like if you really want to understand cancer like dig really deep into the significations of the moon especially ancient ones mm -hmm. like the moon does a lot like cancer does a lot mm -hmm. being ruled by yeah. the moon it is the other light you know it's it's the sun and the, and the moon it's one of the two main luminaries so exactly it's huge um, should we talk about where the moon doesn't like to go? <laughs> the <Scorpio. moon's> nemesis. <laughs> moon's least favorite sign. No. Um, yeah, Scorpio. Let's talk about us. Um, Let's do it. I know it looks I like I turned my light off in preparation for this, but that's just, that's just, just coincidence. That. <laughs> um, Ari, yeah. Do you want to kick it off and talk a little bit about Scorpios. Yeah, let's do it. I'm really excited that there's two of us on here because two Scorpios, you and I, because I feel like, um, like I said at the beginning, like Scorpio gets so little adequate and accurate attention, really. And there's like, mm -hmm. Scorpio's like, um, you know, charged with resentment. But actually, I feel like a lot of people have resentment about Scorpio energy, which is a very different thing. Um, and so... I'm excited to like, I'm excited to get into it. Um, yeah, Scorpio is ruled by Mars. Like the first easy phrase that comes to mind is the underwater warrior. Or like if you watch Avatar, waterbenders. You know, this requires strategy. It requires poise. It requires precision. It requires instinct. It requires, um, again, that presence, like that intensity, being fully in the moment. You can't do battle without that 
um, and you can't win without doing all the underground, behind the scenes work that's necessary to strategically design your outcome. And so strategically designing outcomes and executing on those um, designs, I think is one of my favorite things about Scorpio as being a sign that's ruled by Mars. Um, not only ruled by Mars, but like Mars is happy there. You know, it's Mars nocturnal home and Mars is a nocturnal planet, ideally, you know, so it can like function with the least uh, giving other people rug burn. <laughs> um, and so I really appreciate that about Scorpio. Like I appreciate the ability to do, I think, you know, all the signs do a lot in their own way and the water signs definitely do a lot by virtue of um, being planets, ruled by planets that do a lot, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the moon, uh, Mars, and Jupiter. And so Scorpio is like, Scorpio's fits water. You know, that's what dis makes it distinct. One of the things that makes it distinct from the other two water signs. And, you know, we get all that, like, swamp ass association. And, um, <laughs> maybe not the ass part, but I always add that. Like, that's what you're saying. Um, and just, like, this stagnancy thing. But uh, something I read about wetlands and marshes in Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Walkimer made me um, a little less salty <laughs> about those associations because wetlands and marshes are um, somebody who's like actually a biologist or something is like that's redundant wetlands and marshes are the same thing I don't know so I'm saying but, um, but they are one of the most crucial ecosystems on the planet there is so much life that happens in wetlands and marshes you know everyone's like oh cute dragonfly you know where that came from a fucking swamp you know, like all these like <laughs> weird, beautiful creatures and all this weird, beautiful life comes from swampes, swampes, swamps and like marshes. Shrek. Like Shrek. Shrek. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, like Scorpio King oh Shrek. Oh, God. Like Shrek. Long live Shrek. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I'm not confirming or denying that association. I do not claim Shrek. I do not. I do not approve this message. Um, but yeah, and so there's a dynamism as there is to the Mars signs in general, you know, and to Mars itself. But there's a dynamism with Scorpio. But Scorpio, being nocturnal, being fixed. Um, can be more covert with that you know and again strategic like mars and aries might be astute and um strong in battle and could probably win a couple but mars and scorpio will win the war mars and scorpio has the stamina and i think it's the stamina to do uh watery things that makes scorpio have all these associations with being intense and with being um i don't know this kind of like always watching you know um like always paying attention always noticing always listening um always present you know even when it seems like they're not which is part of like the point yes um <laughs> and and that's 
I don't know. That's so dope to me because, you know, I think it, it's a paradox that Scorpio is one of the most underestimated and misrepresented signs, but um, also sp specifically and purposefully allows themselves to be underestimated and allows themselves to be misrepresented yeah. because, you know, to have to have like a mask or a distraction is to have a cover and you can do the real work with less sabotage from, yeah. you know, other forces and less interference. Um, but that fitness of water, you know, Scorpio can sustain. Scorpio can sustain, um, which I think gives it its, you know, association with loyalty. Like Scorpio can sustain. And I think that this is another way where water is in general misunderstood in terms of like water's flows and water goes and water does this and that. Um, but water also can stay in the same place. You know, there are ponds, there are lakes, and they kind of move, you know, um, or there are wetlands and marshes and they are like in a place. They don't have a lot of, they have a lot of movement inside of them. And I think that's Scorpio. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on inside and underneath that is motivating everything else around and i think the presence and the awareness of that is what gives scorpio the ability to read others for filth you know at the top <laughs> of the hat because you might not have spent a lot of time with your own motivations mm -hmm. but i have mm -hmm. you know Period. in addition to spending time with yours um and that's the kind of that's the kind of data you need that's the kind of intel you need to win a war like you know mm -hmm. what are your enemies weaknesses and etc cetera, etc cetera. and i keep using this war terminology because of mars but um it goes back to that survival thing you know and it could be anything you know what do i need to know how to like um create the enterprise that i want to what do i need to know how to like create the relationship that I want, you know, like, I think a lot of the resentment that gets projected onto Scorpio is because Scorpio, um, more often than not, is capable of actualizing what it is that they want, because they have the stamina to pursue their desires. That you know, part. they're not interested in <laughs> whims, and they're not interested in short term goals, and they're not interested in um, what's cute. You know, they're interested in um, desire being a reality, like the immersion in the lake, the experience of desire. Um, yeah. What, what do you think? <laughs> I, what kept coming up for me as you were talking and saying these like amazing, so real things about Scorpios <laughs> is that, um, I have, I feel like I oftentimes experience a lot of fear when talking about Scorpio because mm. it is that like exactly what you said it's like do I want you to know all of this <laughs> do I want you to know how I've this is all false this world? information that we're <laughs> I was really never Scorpio. here <laughs> but, but at the same time there is I think a part of Scorpio this deep yearning to be seen and understood and mm. known you know in a mm. way but at the same time it's like what are you going to do with that information? Like, can mm -hmm. I trust you with that mm -hmm. information? Um, because I think it's so it's so inherent in in us to um, just want to know what's beneath the surface. Like Scorpios just don't really have much. The only reason we care about what's on the surface because it's giving us more information about what's underneath. You know, mm -hmm. um, 
And so we're automatically going to be, you know, looking at people and life and situations that way. Um, and it's like when people ask that question, like, so what does it mean that you're a Scorpio? I just freeze because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, let's talk about you, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, you can ask me questions yeah. or whatever, but to tell you that to be a Scorpio means I am penetrating your entire soul, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you actually want to know, you know, um, but, but yeah, I mean, there is, I think penetration is like my, one of my top Scorpio words for sure. Um, because it goes down to the Mars factor of like, you know, cutting things open and getting into the good, good, you know, like getting, getting down deep, you know, um, and deep is just another like really big Scorpio word for me, yeah, even though it's pretty yeah. general. It's just a, the well. There's no, yeah, there's no way up. to escape it. Like there's no way to escape that Scorpio is deep. Like it's yeah. hard. It's hard to find other deep words for it. Yeah, it's hard. It really is hard to find other words for it. But like what you're saying makes me think about how most of our experience of being Scorpios is so deeply shaped because we are responsive by other people's discomfort with it. Mm-hmm. Like we internalize mm-hmm. that discomfort from an early so age because like from the yeah. beginning, we are processing other people's reactions to us being in the present moment being intense, noticing, mm-hmm. you know, people feel like they're being watched. Um, yeah. and I'm like, I'm sorry if you don't have the fucking integrity to like withstand <laughs> being observed. Like that's your own problem. Mm-hmm. But as kids, we don't yeah. have that concept, you know, so we're just like, ooh, I'm weird. I'm, you know, so we learn to pretend to look away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the strategy of survival. And what you said made me think of like that fear, you know, which is also Martian. I think both of the malefics um, have their have their realm of fear, have their like stake in fear is so much about the fact that Scorpio really, truly is so deeply tender. Like, you mm-hmm. know, so if if Mars in Aries, Mars and its diurnal sect is a weapon. Mars and Scorpio is the familiarity with what a weapon can cause, like the impact of the weapon being used. Mm-hmm. And there's this familiarity with being cut and um, being wounded that I think Scorpio has, um, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, Scorpios get hurt more than other people, but there's a retaining around it because yes. of the fixed water. And yeah. like, what does this mean about me? What does this mean about the other person? What does this mean about relationship? What does this mean about the world? Um, mm-hmm. Because the emotional realm, the water realm is our main focus. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's our main point. And it just can take so long, perhaps a lifetime to work through processing a lot of those emotions. And I think that's where you get the the fallen where where the moon falls in Scorpio is the moon's not trying to hold on to shit that long. <laughs> you know? The moon is trying to process shit and move on. You know, like that's kind of part of what the moon does. It takes light, takes information, and disseminates it. When it gets into the realm of Mars, Mars's land, the swamp of Scorpio, the moon's like, God damn it. You know, like I want to have to sit with this shit. Yeah, it's like being in quicksand in in some instances. Um, and I think the fact that you know Ari and I both have the Sun, Mars, Pluto. You have Mercury there too. It just like adds so much more depth and intensity to the Scorpio 
experience um, that, you know, the Pluto aspect really adds compulsion and like this, I think, I think, yeah, the compulsion's a good word. Obsession, it, it can definitely go there, especially, you know, I like to say preoccupation. As a preoccupation, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, but what you were saying about like the weapon, um, the, the, what came to what I heard when you said that was like, yeah, you know, we are so tender because it's like, what are we, what are you protecting? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're protecting something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And, and with that, I think when I think of Mars and Mars and Scorpio, Mars rulership over Scorpio, um, this water, you know, this dark swampy water kingdom, marshy water kingdom is like, you're protecting you're protecting all of this, but at the same time, in order to survive and and do that protecting of an environment like that, you have to have a lot of bravery. Um, and so mm-hmm. Mars in Scorpio makes me think a lot of emotional bravery and mm-hmm. like this this willingness to kind of go into the swamp and like just like experience difficult emotions. You know, I feel like I feel like there is um, a compulsion towards that in a lot of ways too for Scorpio because I don't know about you but I kind of sometimes have this like I I have a, an approach towards like l- love and relationships especially but I think life in general around like well like let's just you know this might hurt in the end but like let's just try it out you know like I, it's like for me I feel like it's a bravery to just like go there um mm-hmm. and whether it's like a short-term situation where it's like in a conversation with someone or if it's like a relationship, it's like, let's, I mean, let's, wh- why are we dancing around the surface? You know, like, let's, let's dive in. Let's see what's, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's see what this is all about. You know? Um, and I think that that's the Martian quality of, um, in some cases, impulse, just being impulsive, but just again, that like courage and that bravery to just like do the thing and sort of, you know, bite your lip and and go for it or just, you know, puncture, you know, or like Mm, just mm -hmm. do the thing. Popping people's Um, bubbles. Yeah, popping people's bubbles, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if Um, if the moon is responsive, Mars is reactive, which is why the moon um, isn't as effective on that, like, conceptual standpoint in Scorpio. Because to have mm -hmm. a reactive moon is to, you know, be really, really raw all the time. Um, Yeah, and they're, you know, not to create a binary between responsive and reactive, but just for the sake of this conversation, like where cancer can be responsive, Scorpio's reactive, you know, cancer's going to respond maybe in their own time, maybe they'll circle back, da, da, da. Scorpio's like, what the fuck, you know, and as a fifth, <laughs> as a fifth sign, it might also take time depending on the situation, but um there is this intolerance for bullshit and this intolerance for wasting time. And I think efficient mm, mm-hmm. is one of the words that doesn't get associated with Scorpio enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mars can be incredibly efficient. Hell you know, yeah. um, Mars gets things done. You know, the manner and the texture in which that happens depends on the condition of Mars. But Mars and Scorpio definitely get shit done. I mean... And- <laughs> um well i know we have a difference in you're a day chart i'm a night chart um yeah there's like this like 
something's always getting done and because it's a water sign like something like internal is always getting done you know it's like a car wash i feel like it's like a mars and scorpio energy like going through the internal car wash or an internal loofah scrub Mm-hmm. And what's so fascinating is that, and I, you know, if I wasn't clear enough, I'm going to be saying mostly positive things about Scorpio just to contradict <laughs> the mostly <laughs> negative things about Scorpio that are out there. Um, but there's this reliance on Scorpio, you know, and I think all the fit signs experience this in some sense, but there's this reliance on them um, because of their stability and because of their reliability and because of their loyalty. And Scorpio is one of those signs that I think gets relied on to get things done, to be that nocturnal Mars that's like strategizing and has mm-hmm. everything on point and is like 10 steps ahead of everyone. And, you know, that's been my experience in like all my workplaces. Like I was like so quickly promoted through everything because I was always in that Mars role, but not in the way um, that perhaps Mars and Aries would be, you know, where it's like dominating, but just like so um, behind the scenes and like every base covered. And I think that's one of the entry points for Scorpio to experience resentment that's um, distinct from having resentment of others projected onto them. Like this dependence that other people have on Scorpio to do that emotional bravery, mm-hmm. to carry that kind of torch into the darkness, into the marsh, into the wetlands, into the swamp. Um and there's this this theme of reciprocity that comes up with Scorpio. Um, I think partially due to its opposition with Taurus, which is a Venus world sign, but also because of the nature of how much Scorpio does give. You know, I think all the water signs are incredibly generous. Mm-hmm. They really are and incredibly compassionate. And compassion is to like another like phraseology for compassion is generosity of spirit. You know, and being, having access to water, embodying water, gives you access to that ocean. Venus is triplicity ruler, Venus and the moon. Like, although that they, although they detriment and fall in Scorpio, they still have triplicity rulership there. And there is, yeah, exactly that. The compassion, the, that's what, that's what made me think of. It's like the, the natural caretaking um, the urge to, you know, provide or take care of or nurture or just nourish. I, that, that word comes mm-hmm. to mind so much with water signs. It's just like we want to nourish you with something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Sustain life. Like that's what water yeah. does. And I think, you know, where cancer initiates life, Scorpio sustains it, you know, in a different way with the fitsiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, being relied on that or relied on for that with a lack of reciprocity because that in the very like binary categories that we'd like to put people or qualities or virtues in doesn't make sense paired with the intolerance for bullshit and the like necessity and the impulse to towards the truth or towards naming whatever is happening or whatever is going on like they seem in this paradigm to like contradict each other and i think that's where scorpio gets misunderstood uh, misunderstood like i don't know if You've experienced this like incessant labeling as like a bitch or like something in that category. Mean by, girl. Yeah, by certain <laughs> kinds of people who really are, um, this is going to be mass generalization, but generally tend to be people who are emotionally mature, 
uh, emotionally not brave, who are terrified of saying the thing or saying the wrong thing, and who do not know how to sustain, commit, or be reliable in regards to anything, especially interpersonally, especially in regards to the water realms. Mm. And so there's this like fitness and this stature that Scorpio holds as a warrior, as a Mars sign. Like, I feel like Scorpio can breathe underwater. Mm. You know, like that would be a way to put it. And that in- intimidates the hell out of people. Um, yeah, we develop you know, this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, scorpions um, came from, they were water creatures before they were land creatures. It's like, wait, were they really? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure. You know, it's like, it's if you think about like insects and shit. Yeah. <laughs> they look like lobsters. And, yeah, lobsters. Yeah. And, and the fact that the desert, you know, way back when was, was like an, an ocean. ocean. Right. Yeah, that's actually a perfect analogy where people see Scorpio and they see a desert or they're experiencing mm-hmm. a desert and don't understand that, like, with that comes the entire history of an ocean and a world that mm-hmm. we know before you came to be. Like that mm-hmm. time of that type of ancientness that Scorpio has, where it's just like, um, and I think Scorpio shares this with Saturn in a weird way. I think specifically Saturn and Aquarius with that square where there's this kind of like, I was and, and born too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born old, you know, like yeah. I was born knowing, like I've been paying attention since I came out the womb, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think not being recognized for that can lead to Scorpio experiencing resentment, um, mm-hmm. but also like other people recognizing that and um the terms jealousy and envy come to mind and other Mm -hmm. things that get projected onto scorpio a lot it's like other people's jealousy and envy about the capability of scorpio in regards to these matters um most people Mm -hmm. like why do most people get therapy or get coaching or get mentorship or get support is because they want to be emotionally brave they want to be able to take charge of their interpersonal life they want to be able to have the stamina to go after what they want and when you have that inherently um, can make people uncomfortable. Oof, a word. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, do you have um, yeah <laughs> thoughts, comments? Say good things, Taylor. Okay, no pressure. Super casual. Um, I I um I kind of took little pieces of I think things each of you have said while I was weaving my thoughts together and. Kira, the word will willingness was definitely on my mind and like willfulness and just and will <laughs> like will mm-hmm. as an entity. Um, yeah. And going back to Steph pointing out the, just the, the retentiveness of water, like the memory of water and Ari talking about, um, you know, that when Scorpio is hurt, it, it, it remembers that pain. And I love the fixed mind of of Scorpio and that like retentive ability it feels very much like I have been down these roads and those roads do not go anywhere I will always remember that um I Mm. remember what works I remember what clicks I remember like all of the little nooks and crannies of what I've experienced and it uh or you said efficiency and like I think I think that Scorpio is extremely efficient (laughs) because it can remember so much and it's able to act from instinct in that way. Um, And thinking too about all that Scorpio does and that sort of expectation. Um, It's true. Like Scorpio is that land creature that can weave between different elements and really 
it's just air mm. that Mars isn't like really exalt like doing amazing in, but in all the other three signs or yeah, in all the other three signs it is in domicile or exalted. And so it's it's scary to see a sign that can move around spaces <laughs> like that where we are kind of here on the surface and you know when you're in the room with a Scorpio. My partner has a like a Mercury and Venus and Scorpio. So I'm always like, I've learned so much from you and just how you <laughs> absorb and like you're not saying anything and yet you know everything yeah. that's happening right now. Um, and yes, that can be absolutely terrifying um, if it's not <laughs> something that you can equally kind of be willing to match in in the intensity mm. or in the drive. And so I I have a lot of respect for Scorpio, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially because my Taurus is in Mars opposite. And so I am usually down here just sort of like, mm, <laughs> and like, <"Yah." laughs> and because my Mars is opposite my Pluto, I feel like I am just, and then all my Pisces stuff is trying my Pluto, I feel like I'm very drawn to deep Scorpio energy in a way that's supposed to confront me. And that makes me very uncomfortable. And that really made me think about what you were saying, Ari, about the projection that we put onto Scorpios, because that is very real. <laughs> There's definitely like a, because I know your skills or your power, I'm sort of always like, <laughs> no, that must be, you did that. You did that. Or like, I'm feeling this way because of something you remember and that threatens me like that whoa 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 hold on <laughs> I'm just like dying laughing when you said that because that's been something that's come up in my relationships a lot like if I point something out like and I wait until it's a pattern I'm not like oh you did this one time you know like that's not part of the strategy I wait until it's a pattern I love yeah <laughs> and I'm like here's the pattern and in the past you know people have been like why are you bringing that up you know like exactly what you just said and I'm like because this is what's going on yeah <laughs> right yeah but you it's, said something yeah. here about like that reminded me how like, dare you notice me yes <laughs> i don't know we're in a relationship but like the ability to cut you know and what mm -hmm. you were saying taylor about the efficiency and like the retentiveness that leads to efficiency and the memory that leads to it but also that mars ability to cut you know, mm -hmm. and maybe in water or in a nocturnal sign, it seems like an undercut, but it's really like if you want to eradicate something, you need to cut it at the root, not like at the surface or mm -hmm. prune it or do it, you know, mm -hmm. you need to go at the root. And it makes me think of like one of the things I have said in the past to partners and friends and just like in general is that like I'm very skilled at walking away. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm not afraid to do is to walk the fuck away. Mm. Hell yeah. Because I'm not interested and, in wasting my time. Mm -hmm. I, that reminds me, like, that makes me think about how Scorpio is often associated with this idea of transformation, which tends to come from the idea that Pluto rules Scorpio. And the way I see it, I'm like, again, we're not giving Mars its cred. You know, Mars transforms shit, it just transforms shit through cutting it or burning it mm -hmm. or severing it, right? Like that's still transformation um, is letting go of things and letting mm. letting things decay, you know, letting things, um, letting things run their course and having the emotional bravery to say goodbye and to let go. At the same time, Scorpio can often show up as this retentive, I mean, all fixed signs kind of have this, but retaining and not and being having that fear around letting things go yeah. 
um, which I see a lot. I'm like thinking about a, a family member and, you know, who has a huge Scorpio stellium and their partner is also a Scorpio. And I'm like, how are y'all still together? But they have, <laughs> they have like, you know, and they got remarried, like not remarried, but they renewed their vows. And like, it's like, wow, after all that shit, you actually stayed together. And, mm. you know, that's like, of course, two Scorpios, you know, like <laughs> they will stick it out. Um, and so, the, yeah, that retentive quality is a big part of it, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wanted to give Mars um, its its credit, you know. Mars For transmutation. The, transmutation, Which is exactly. different than transformation. Like, like, transformation is taking something's form and making it into a different form. Mm-hmm. And transmutation is a little more of a chemical process. Like, transmutation is specifically what's applied when turning lead into gold versus like Mm. a dragonfly, you know, coming out of its larvae state, like that's transformation. Transmutation is like, this is something, and then we're making it something entirely different, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas transformation is like a dragonfly, it still can be traced back to its origins. Right, right. That reminds me of like kind of soaking in a swamp and like, you know, like just that long process. Is that why you, of like, that's where you like to take your hot baths? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of like swamp, not swamp fantasy, but like wetlands. Like I just feel like thinking about those type of environments just makes me feel like, yeah, there's just a richness and depth yeah. to it. The soil um, there is super rich. Like so exactly. much farmland was that was uh, wetlands that were converted into farmland. Um. Steph, I'd love to hear your your thoughts about Scorpio. Um, yeah, well, Ari, when you were talking about how sometimes like Mars and Scorpio doesn't get enough credit for how much it's doing all the time, it just kind of made me think of how Scorpio is, you know, getting stuff done, like tenaciousness is what gets things done mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And sometimes tenaciousness looks still Mm. or static when it's in the process of doing because you're kind of holding and sustaining that effort um so when i think of scorpio i think of tenaciousness and i think of playing the long game Mm. and i definitely really admire that ability to kind of always see like 10 steps ahead i always think of like you know the martial quality of scorpio as being kind of like a chess player Mm. um I thought Queen's Gambit was like the most Scorpio shit mm. ever. <laughs> um, and it's funny because like I think that her character actually had like a birth certificate in the show. And when you looked up her chart, she was like a Scorpio moon, Scorpio sun. Like I think she or something like that. Um, she yeah. Like, um, but yeah, just this idea of like being able to kind of like understand who you're up against, understand what you're up against and being able to kind of understand it better than they do so that you're, you can kind of outmaneuver them. Um, and yeah, so it's like Scorpio, Scorpio doesn't really care about winning like a petty battle. They want to come out on top 10 years from now mm-hmm. and they will let you think that you're winning. <laughs> um, I also really like that idea of like how Scorpios kind of love it when you think that they're a certain way when they're really not. Um, and I, I really, I feel like some of the um, some of the Scorpio people that I've actually encountered don't have that like stereotypical like 
scary goth like dark whatever mysterious like they just look really really normal and boring on the outside <laughs> and they will let you think that there's like nothing going on below the surface um it just kind of reminds me of like like i had a i had a reading with someone like a long time ago and um this person was like a scorpio rising and i was trying to be like oh like okay so there's this um does that sound right and like she just nothing tell me they're anything. the hardest she was just scorpio like, risings are the yeah. hardest people to read for a hundred percent yeah she's just like mm, yeah I guess. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and like, then afterwards great. they'll be like oh my god that reading was so, i'm like you like that because i thought that you i thought that you thought i was like you know inept like not good at this at all <laughs> yeah yeah um I also think I really kind of like the quality of Venus being in detriment in Scorpio because I think that Scorpios are really averse to pretentiousness and just kind of like putting on airs and just that kind of like fake stuff mm. that's required sometimes in polite society. Yeah. Like the Scorpio is just kind of like, no. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing gonna, small I'm not talk. Do whatever, talk. I'm not going to do I'm not going to go out of my way to make you like me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I it's need... called kissing ass. I'm not here for <laughs> <Exactly>. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way to be palatable to you. Mm. Like, I don't need to like what everyone else likes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so thing, funny um, you say that because I was just tweeting today. I was like, a lot of y'all like, um, I love how we watch poetic on Twitter and like social media. And I was like, but how do y'all talk in real life? Because like, <laughs> just get to the damn point. Like, you're not going to use your cool poetic philosopher kid card, you know? Part. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Like, literally talking about that today. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one th- um, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna add that. Um, I seem to, I seem to attract a lot of Moon Pluto people in Scorpio, probably because I'm also a Moon Pluto person. I just have the opposition. Um, and I, it's just like I, I noticed kind of a trend because we've been talking a lot about retentiveness, and that's something that I've noticed over and over again about just how they just like things kind of get lodged inside and for a lot of um a lot of people with like the moon in scorpio especially conjunct pluto it seems like objects hold a lot of emotional resonance to the point where like like every every object around them has a memory attached to it and if it's like a painful memory they sometimes like can't have that thing mm-hmm. in the room i thought that was just like an everybody thing <laughs> you're like oh shit that's me okay. oh, i throwing so many things out i like take like yeah. residues of my lovers to the river and i'll like throw it i'm a weirdo yeah. i'm a weirdo that loves to keep stuff even from people that i don't have yeah, yeah I, i'm weird like that same um <laughs> i always thought that was a cancer thing um, i think it's a I, second like, house I moon keep, thing for me uh, i keep shit <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, one more thing I wanted to just quickly note about Scorpio is that you, that yeah, just a, there's something really magnetic to Scorpios and Scorpio energy too that um, I feel like is maybe the Martian quality of like you know the like maybe it's like a bad boy thing I don't know like a little bit of like <laughs> this element of like hidden danger that's like exciting maybe but there's this magnetism in this charisma i think that a lot of scorpios have um thinking about a lot of scorpio um actors and stuff you know like leonardo dicaprio and just like i don't know ryan a little ryan gosling um just like this suave you know 
I think that's what my what drew my mom to my dad. You know, like my my mm. dad's a Scorpio. My mom has we all have Scorpio placements. My mom has Venus, and my sister has the Moon. I obviously have mine. Um, and so yeah, it's like I think just this like quiet magnetism and charisma and at the same time magnets they go both ways right you can either be extremely attracted and drawn to someone or super repelled and i think especially millennial scorpios with pluto and scorpio um, we experience a lot of that like attraction repulsion like there's some people that just don't want to be around you you know and they just can't deal with your energy because it intimidates them and the power and it's just like and i think we we learn from a young age of like yeah that's just how it is and i i tend to not like hold that against people unless they act some they start to act funny about it you know and like start crying when i'm around just cuz i'm around sort of things um has that happened oh, to you a lot yes oh yes oh my god i get so many people <laughs> so intimidated by me for literally no fucking mm-hmm. reason. I went at fucking so Applebee's. Funny. I was like 17. <laughs> literally the least intimidating I've ever been. Oh my God. And like, I was on the host staff at first. And there was like, you know, a couple other hosts or whatever. Maybe there was like five or seven of us or something. And literally like five out of seven of them were like, I was so scared to talk to you when I first met you because I yes. just hated me and I thought you were a bitch. I've thought like, that since I was a kid. Where is this coming from? Yeah. I had like, a girl you literally, literally see me smiling all day. I'm a fucking host at Applebee's. I, don't, <laughs> I had a girl literally tell me that like, yeah, she's like, I thought you were going to be a bitch because you're a pretty black girl. And like, I was like, uh, excuse me? Like, you, you just thought that? Like, it's. Are like getting called spicy? Isn't, like that's no. that's the thing for me. Like, mean girls like, oh, isn't real life. <laughs> but yeah, it's a thing. I think we just get. I think I've gotten used to people just like acting funny, you know, and acting a certain way. Just and it's like, well, what I get happens it. with still water? What happens with fixed water? You can see your own reflection the clearest, mm-hmm. very clearly. And like that's one of the ways that I understand that it. It's like it's not, it's, it's not. It's not okay. Moving. So like you're gonna see what you're afraid of. You know, or you're going to see what's possible for you, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think, like you're saying with the magnetism, yeah. it's yeah. either um, repelling in the way that, like, you're seeing what you're afraid of, or it's magnetic in the way that you're like, oh, that's inspiring. Like, mm-hmm. how many times have you gotten called inspiring, Kira? You know, it's just like, <laughs> just because of how you're being. Yeah. And yeah. And also, it it makes, it gives you a sense of your own magnetism when you feel the pull of another, you know, it kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Okay, let me let's stand the malefic queen. Um, let's talk about Pisces. Let's talk about Pisces. Okay. We went really let's cool deep. down a little. Yeah, let's, yes, <laughs> which literally I think that like I always say, if it wasn't for my Pisces rising, no one would like me. No one would like me. Sometimes um, I think that about. Sometimes I think that about my Pisces moon. Yeah, it's like a cute. It cools because yeah, we went really deep, and now let's go vast. Now let's spread out. Um, and talk about the sea of Pisces, Taylor. That's really perfect because I, when I started understanding astrology and of course, like starting with your sun sign and learning about, well, rising signs are a thing. I started joking, like my Capricorn rising is the only reason I'm still like here and sane and like grounded because my Pisces is just like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pisces, what is it to be a Pisces? Um, when I think about this journey, 
Um, I think so much about, you know, we started off talking about how cancer is like the sort of origin of life and like the starting point. And like Pisces is like the end. <laughs> Pisces is like, and then everything, and then everything else. Um, and what does it all mean? And so I think about having been a young Pisces and um, really malleable by my environment. And a lot of Pisces stereotypes are about being sad, <laughs> um, <laughs> being sad and like not really having any sense of grounding um, and not really, you know, being really spacey. And I think that that's not untrue to some degree, but <laughs> I feel like so much of being a kid Pisces was kind of this feeling of familiarity almost of like, mm. I've been these things or like, mm. I, I know what that's like and not having any real basis for that. You know, being a kid, why would you know that? Um, but there's just some sort of connection that goes beyond rationality or time um, or logic that is sort of like, I feel like I've been here before or I feel like maybe I've experienced this. And that's where I like to think about Pisces being sort of the last of the signs and made up of everything before and it's sort of like I've swam through that a little bit and so I might know what that's like so I think growing older as a Pisces has been very much about learning boundaries um, and there is a lot of emotionality and thinking back to what Steph started us off with in terms of the the memory of water I feel like a lot of what Pisces remembers is feeling like there's definitely mm -hmm. a lot of memory um, mm -hmm. and a lot of it is is based around moments that are like deeply emotional or deeply moving and really shaping how you move through things from that place, which can be beautiful and can be really, um, can go a different, can go a different way. It can go a much more sort of devastating way. There is a lot of openness. We're not Scorpio where there's boundaries. We're not Cancer where there's boundaries. It's true. It's just like it's very much the ocean. What goes into the ocean? Everything leads to the ocean. Um, things that we mm -hmm. dump on the ground here end up in the ocean miles away. Um, and that is definitely true for a Pisces. I think there's a lot of collected imprints that do they come from you? <laughs> do they come from outside of you? Was it a feeling that moved through you? And so I think there can be a lot of uncertainty, especially as a young Pisces, kind of like, what am I? Like, what am I? <laughs> what am I? <laughs> I just met you. And so I connected with some of who you are. And that made me think more about who I am. And now maybe I am that and maybe I'm not that. And that's going to be um, something that I start to grow around. And being an older Pisces, maybe understanding some more of that Capricorn rising um, and also similar to Scorpio that kind of like I've been here before and it felt this way and I didn't like it so maybe I'm learning <laughs> how to kind of self-contain even though we've addressed that water can't really be contained um or even that even the sense of containment knowing that that's false but sort of knowing that you still are in a body there's just something so surreal about being Pisces and recognizing that you are endless and that you are inevitably moved by the things around you, imprinted and impressed by sort of every environment you walk through and sort of developing a filtration system, I think. Mm -hmm. That's where like that intuition of Pisces is sort of like 
it can be really great and really strong when there's an effort made to to use that filter because it's very easy to become that ocean that is the ocean now that is full of all of our human trash and as Ari was pointing out we take the water for granted and so it can be very easy to be so impressed and moved by the various pieces of information that you pick up as a Pisces and to have to develop that practice of filtration. Is this me? Is this you? Can I do something with this? Can I actually impact this? There's a desire yeah. to to like solve something being the mutable. Like I want to I want to bring this to some sort of culmination. Um, I want to make meaning of this. And there's so many things in this world that don't have meaning or that are so inverted. We'll say that. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of adds to the sense of surrealness of being a Pisces, knowing that like how things should be is not what's happening. <laughs> it's like not what's here. Mm -hmm. And so I, I both exist here and also in this um, dream world where I'm constantly sort of imagining what the world might be like. And that's being informed by who I'm meeting and what kind of environments I'm moving through. And when I engage in my filtration system and I clean out sort of all of this, I can actually decide what it is I'm able to commit my my feelings and my energy and my empathy and my compassion to and what can be um, what can be saved in that sort of classically Pisces way. Um, there is, yes, perhaps the stereotypical tendency to want to martyr. And I think that's in response to feeling helpless in the world that we live in and the mm. the emotional connection to the people we again like encounter and what we kind of know instinctively or intuitively or emotionally what should be and seeing all that isn't and all that hasn't come to be i think can be very overwhelming mm -hmm. um so pisces do need those boundaries <laughs> we do need those crab shells uh and they're more learned it's definitely something that has to be practiced um, in the way that Scorpio is retentive and can say, I'm not going to go that way again. Like I'm going to cut out that path. I think Pisces might be like, but are you sure? But like, maybe this time something better would happen. And that can be, um, you know, that can be, that can be good or bad. Really depending. Yes. Um, so I think the I filtering. Like that's like the Jupiter important. optimism part and like the ability to see the the potential and everything yeah yeah you know, that is literally like, my business name it's like so much potential <laughs> because it's just yeah. like we can do something um what <laughs> you, have, you do have jupiter and pisces <laughs> yeah <laughs> conjunct my moon which like jupiter has no business talking to my moon like that but um <laughs> my moon is trying to get things done over here and jupiter's like what about this what about this thing what about that thing that could be cool um so yeah i think there is grief um, there's grief in Piscesness um, because the dream is so rarely what is tangibly in front of us. But there's also so much joy in discovering the spaces in which we can create whatever it is that we are connected to. Um, and definitely needing a retreat, like kind of needing to be in that ocean for a bit to reconnect with with the self and who am I and all of this and and what can I actually, can I sift through this and sort of figure out what, what's here for me? I can't fix everything. That's, I think that's a very Pisces statement to come to. Like, I cannot, 
I can't be Saturn, everything. Saturn yeah. and Pisces, listen closely to oh, that yeah. one. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's something yeah. I've written about for them. It's oh. like, you. It's. I think that's going to be a big part of their Saturn returns is like, you really can't. I mean, it's a big part of all of our Saturn returns, I feel, but like, especially the Saturn and Pisces generation who deeply craves to be able to solve or heal the world. And it's yeah. like, you can't, babe. Right. You can't. Right. And I think you ego can't. can be hard there because it's this sort of like, I have to be, you know, I'm going to try to save everything and like save everyone. And like, I'm not worth anything if I can't save yes. all of the things outside of me. And it's like, yeah. no. Like <laughs> you. <laughs> That is so romantic, but like that is not. And it's like we're saying this because we've we've been there yeah. hard. Like at, people at Pisces planets, I mean, that was like Neptune transit to my ascendant was like a big part of that too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a big part of Pisces in general. Like you kind of mentioned the martyr, the martyrdom piece, but it's like we like being kind of an embodiment of the vastness of all that is and that what that which connects everything that that water that feeling that emotion that connects all that is it's like we can sometimes be by we I just mean Pisces you know Pisces archetype um can almost be sometimes too willing to be poured into and too willing to like accept um to hold all of that for everyone and everything and it's like got it but you are a human being in this lifetime on on this planet like you you can't do it all um and i think that the limitations of embodiment and incarnation is like something that pisces like that's part of the pisces experience um that is such a struggle i think is because it's like we just feel so deeply and like it's it's sort of like that's the baseline is like those the the sensitivity and when I say sensitivity I don't mean just feelings and emotions I mean like on all levels you know just being being able to be affected and permeated by so much um and so being able to yeah boundaries is is the lesson is it and that's like been coming up a lot in readings I've received lately they're just like yeah you just have to have more boundaries and I'm like can y'all stop saying that <laughs> stop coming for me <laughs> yes I'll get there wanna, that's the Jupiter part it's like you don't yeah. want it's really scary I think the the idea of boundaries because it's like what am I going to be missing out on what am I you know what am I going to it's just so antithetical to Pisces to like have boundaries because it's like no but boundaries don't exist like what are you talking about like it's yeah (laughs) absolutely that's so real it's real and it's like we know how much boundaries don't exist and to the point where I mean at least for me like I can certainly be really stubborn about like no (laughs) like this is a lie (laughs) it's like no this is structure this is okay (laughs) like you, you need this like this is what we call structure um and yeah absolutely I think it's it's this feeling of like, I want to, it's not, it's not fair. (laughs) There's like a not fairness to the world that I think a Pisces really wants to somehow be everything to solve. And it's like, 
if you don't have a body that you are taking care of, you're not going to help anybody, actually. <laughs> you're going to float mm-hmm. away. And everyone's going to be like, where'd Taylor go? She was nice. <laughs> she used to be yeah. cool. Um, and it's it can feel really overwhelming. I think especially for, and you made the point of like, you know, Neptune crossing your ascendant as a Pisces rising. I think for the Pisces who have had Neptune in Pisces like this, whole time it's just sort Decade, of like yeah who am i and i have neptune on my ascendant natally and then had neptune moving through you know have it still moving through my third house so it is this constant like reforming of self in the wake of um the water of the world and everything that changes and everything that i'm open to and everything that pours into me i'm also seeing it pour straight out of me and i don't know what's mine and <laughs> in the end of this transit like what am I supposed to kind of claim as a sense of self, especially like a Neptune sun transit? Just like, who am I supposed to be right now? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think it is, it, it's necessary to find some sort of boundaries, absolutely, and to learn some sort of grounding. Um, yeah, to, to recognize the limits. There do need to be limits, and it can feel really mm-hmm. difficult for Pisces to be limited. And it feels like if I limit this, then I'm holding back something but that's also important like some holding back some potential i think that's a big part it's yeah. like the potential yeah it's like, but this could maybe be something one day <laughs> yes absolutely if i could just if i could just yeah. and yeah. yeah so there's a sense of yeah. peace that kind of has to come through that process i think yeah steph thoughts on pisces um well i think i think pisces like, I, I think it's interesting how, like, on one hand, like, Cancer is, like, the only sign where both malefics don't do good, but then Pisces is the only sign where both benefics do yeah. good. Um, and so that just kind of makes me, like, it just kind of, you know, think about, like, what people with, like, a lot of Pisces placements are like. They're some of the most, like, universally liked charismatic people. Like, everyone loves them. They just have a way of connecting with everyone around them. Um, they they have a way of striking a common chord with everyone they meet. And I think that has kind of a lot to do with what you were saying, Taylor, about just being able to kind of recognize yourself in everything. Yeah, You're like, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. I know who you are. I know what you're like. I'm all of you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, so I think I think there is like a huge generosity with Pisces around um, around acceptance and I think I know you mentioned how that acceptance can be kind of problematic. Um, but I also think, you know, Pisces is large enough to contain it all. Like, I think that's the kind of like Jupiter in a water sign is that like, you know, all of the water kind of comes together and amasses itself. Um, you become bigger so that you can contain your whole experience and kind of contain the experience of other uh-huh. people. Um and find space to accept it in. Mm -hmm. So I think of like Pisces as being kind of that of just kind of like, you know, you can come into the pool too. This experience that I had, like that I didn't really like, like it can come Mm -hmm. in. Um, It's all good. Um, Until. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I love that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I just, I feel like Pisces is about, this experience of love in mm-hmm. a way like this like you know both benefics doing really well venus being in pisces venus in pisces is very like love without borders um and about how like mercury is in fall in pisces so it's like you know 
love doesn't make sense. Yes. It's not logical. Never will be. <laughs> no. I love that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of what other associations I have that weren't already like can i can i rip off of your just talking about Mm -hmm. venus and pisces because that's something i really wanted to talk about was um how pisces is beautiful too you know we have the benefics there and venus's um exaltation rulership really adds this aesthetic quality to pisces um Mm -hmm. where it's really is about the fantasy especially you know i think about jupiter and venus like it's about like how great and beautiful life can be the potential of beauty and of just you know opportunity and abundance that is um inherent in life you know we have we have the really dark stuff when we have the really great stuff too and i think pisces is um yeah has that um that fantasy quality to it as well especially again the aesthetic because with fantasy comes like beauty in a lot of ways you know Mm -hmm. um yeah just how how beautiful and lush life could really be um yeah i wanted to to speak to that and then how that also lends itself to um like you said compassion and just this ability to like to really not understand necessarily, but um, to have compassion and empathy in a way that I think is just really like baseline for a lot of Pisces. Um, yeah. 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 I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I like Steph, what you're saying about like, you can come into the pool. <laughs> sort of like, I felt all of it. I've like, I've, I know, I've thought about all of it. Um, I can sort of, I can, I, I don't want it like forgiveness seems like a really weird word to use, but it's, it is sort of this like, I can, I can let that slide. Like it's not in the, in the grand mm. scheme of things, that's not mm-hmm. going to be a huge deal. And like, I can make space for that or I can understand where you're coming from. And like, absolutely. You can, you can hang out. You're fine here. And thinking back yeah, about, oh like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say, um, Jupiter and cancer is like, everyone gets fed. Jupiter and Pisces is everyone can come mm. in. I like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I like that a lot. And thinking back to what you you and I have gone back and forth about now, Steph, about the sort of like, I'm a little bit of everything. I think when Pisces doesn't feel comfortable with being a thing itself, it, it projects that onto others by wanting to be that thing for them. And it's this sort of like, mm. if, if I can be a thing that you need or that helps you or that makes you feel better, then like that, that allows me to be here. Like that gives me permission to like be myself and I think they're coming back to boundaries this like, there's this this notion of like no I still need to be my own and ind- individual self and I can certainly step into that fun sort of glamorizing role of like fantasy and I can I can do that by will if I choose to if that's something that I have done the filtering to understand that like that's mm-hmm. for me to show up for um but it can be very you can get lost lost in the mask again, <laughs> until until you really decide kind of like what what purpose the mask serves and then it can be helpful then it's a helpful mask and then it's fun but anyway um ari our our resident pisces moon i love how we have sun moon rising here of the pisces yeah i was thinking that 
I have Mars. Oh, you have too. Mars. I forgot. To oh, mention. yeah. I had something okay. in Pisces. Yeah, that's one of my yeah. favorite Pisces. Mars in the North Node. I love. Mm-hmm. I love that placement so much. Um, but yeah, Ari, love to hear your thoughts on Pisces. Yeah, um, it's a relevant topic as my cats are not getting along right now, and <laughs> I want them to hear this message of unity. Um, <laughs> yeah, this like glamour is not a word that I often think of when I think of both benefics um enjoying to be in Pisces makes me think of glamour like you were saying Kira the aesthetic and aesthetic and glamour and fantasy like all of these things are the embodiment of imagination so there's a way that Pisces embodies imagination Mm that can really be unparalleled. Um, and and yeah, I was totally dragged by all the like boundary talk and the wanting <laughs> to like, wanting to um, give, like externalize that compassion so much. And it's like, it took me so long to learn to internalize my compassion for myself. Like, I think that martyrdom, like you talked about Taylor, is um, this concept of sacrifice you know um sacrificing the self which is seen in our like judeo-christian puritanical ideological culture as a good thing but can be extremely detrimental you know and extremely harmful and if if you um i think there's this like virtuousness that this aforementioned culture has conditioned us with around being self-sacrificing where um it's like well if i'm self-harming that's better than harming other people. Mm-hmm. But um, mm. if we really are to talk about the way that Pisces dissolves separations and shows us how, you know, all of it is constructed and can be deconstructed, then we have to talk about the way that self-harm is harming the entire organism. Like what you do to yourself, you do unto others. Um, whether that's like by bringing more of that into the atmosphere. I mean, this is I think Pisces is where we get really metaphysical. You know, Jupiter and Pisces, like the study of metaphysics, the principles of metaphysics, mm-hmm. the um, the philosophical schools of thought that are or- oriented around what is the central organizing principle of the multiverse, you know, of the water realm. Um, and when it comes to the boundaries thing, like something that y'all made me think of is boundaries are seen when you're like deep in these Pisces waters as limitations you know like you're limiting what can be possible um but what if boundaries are um if you can think of boundaries as like what you're allowing to be possible because there's this way that leaving so much room for possibility actualizes nothing and I think it le- that's where some of the yearning and the longing that Pisces experiences comes from. It's just like this lack of container that makes nothing real. And therefore, there's not that satisfaction of embodying imagination, which is what Pisces is here to do. Um, I think especially the luminaries, you know, that embodiment thing. Um, yeah, and, and I think that, you know, my moon in Pisces is in the eighth house and there's a way that like my um my limitless resource of compassion and forgiveness is a 
shared resource. And I think regardless of house placement, that's something that Pisces experiences. It's like whatever is in Pisces is this like shared, you know, Jupiter and Venus, this shared mm-hmm. resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also this, like you mentioned forgiveness, Taylor, and it makes me think of Carolyn Casey, also an astrologer, um, host of the Visionary Activist Show, talks about forgiveness as giving room for change. And like as a mutable mm. sign, as an adaptable sign, like that's what Pisces is doing. Like I'm going to give room that you might change or this might change or like change is inevitable. Like God is change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I love most about Pisces is how, whether it's conscious or not, whether it's articulated or not, which it often isn't like, you know, not to Mercury being in detriment there. Like there's this way that Pisces is such a like sensuous like such a tangible reminder that each of us is a facet of the prism of god you know and i think that pisces gets um you know going back to projection which is something like all water experiences i mean everyone experiences but um this like that naivete or um gullibility or um just this like impossibility that pisces can have is really like what that really is is like but we're god you know like Mm -hmm. pisces is a psychedelic experience oh yeah you know and i think that like instead of shaming that um you know just bringing in more of that saturn like bringing in more of that container so that you can grow and thrive and also overflow you know instead because if you allow water to just poor and to just be it's going to spread thin and that happens Mm -hmm. to pisces too like it gets Mm -hmm. so spread thin but Mm -hmm. if it can be contained it can be experienced as a waterfall Mm -hmm. or a fountain or you know some kind of overflow um but yeah but that sensitivity talked about kira like that's there is that like i am incarnate i am alive and i am immersed in this experience and i feel every single aspect of it you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of there's like this whimsicalness to Pisces that I think um gives space for them to be underestimated, but they're actually like so deeply wise. You know, they're ruled by Jupiter. Like I, mm-hmm. I think that's part I love traditional rulership, um, for Pisces especially, because it's like Jupiter is a wise guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Jupiter is like not fucking around really. Like Jupiter is asking some big questions mm-hmm. and you know, moving towards the answers. And there's a seriousness to that and a seriousness to Pisces that I think mm-hmm. isn't seen because of the whimsical, but it makes me think of Tim Burton or like Mr. McGorham's Wonder Emporium or like any experience of film, song, media, art, you know, performance that you've ever seen that has completely immersed you. Like that's, if someone pulls that off, they've taken their craft very seriously. Mm. I feel like to kind of, piggyback off of that there's for sure that um under that experience of all that life is and the multifaceted multi-dimensional aspects of life which gives you both that reverence for both beginnings and endings and also the magic in life and just the magic in the little things you know and being able to to kind of stay connected to that inner child, I think is a big- Everything's a miracle. Yeah, everything's a miracle. Mm -hmm. Everything can be like, yeah, spectacular in its own way. And um, I think 
again, going back to Jupiter's rulership of Pisces, I feel like um, Jupiter's Jupiter being ovarious formed, you know, from whom all nature springs, like Jupiter can be the big, all powerful presence that, you know, connects us all and is kind of looking down on us or um, experiencing life in that, you know, in the in the macro, but also can be, you know, embodied by just a child like playing with a caterpillar, you know what I mean? Like, and there's still so much wonder in both the macro and the micro that Jupiter can hold um, that I think Pisces can really easily tap into. And with that, also thinking about Jupiter and Pisces um, association with religion or just spirituality and belief and and um and faith i think is a really big one i think pisces has this connection to faith and having faith that there's something more than this there's something bigger than this um this incarnation um and holding on to that too and having faith in people having faith in um, just that again, there's potential, there's God has changed, like things can change. It doesn't have to be this all the time. Um, and yeah, again, just Jupiter being that, that, that element of moisture that can, um, that can bring people together that can, you know, um, that can bring people together and unite people under shared emotional experiences under shared feelings whereas i i kind of think of jupiter and sag as like kind of inspiring people you know being bringing people together um under similar beliefs under a more inspirational um sense but with pisces it's like no we feel like it's a feeling it's a emotion it's like this very visceral um experience of god or oneness that that really unites folks under that um yeah yeah I likened it in my I I feel like I wrote this recently but I was saying how like Jupiter and Sagittarius is like a fiery sermon and then Jupiter and Pisces is like the Buddha holding up Mm. a flower I love that yeah that's so deep yeah because it does make me feel like that it's just like life can be so simple you know like like love can be so simple that's like kind of what I think. The simplicity of symbolism versus mm-hmm. the demonstrative, like the demonstration of like um, the intellect that like Jupiter and Sag can have of like explaining, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and Jupiter and Pisces is like a sigil mm-hmm. or like, mm-hmm. a, you know, a symbol where it's just like there's so much, there's all the complexity has been simplified and distilled to this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and this like again facet of the prism is everything because every fractal is everything because everything is everything Mm -hmm. i love that thinking Um, back to what you oh sorry yes no you go you go (laughs) no i was just i had a quick thought about what ari said about oh no did i did it float away it could have flown away it could have floated away yeah absolutely um mm, okay maybe not maybe it's gone that's only fine (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I feel, I think Jupiter's also a big hoe. Yeah. Oh yeah, Jupiter is a big hoe. <laughs> Jupiter is a big hoe. Absolutely, big old hoe. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we don't talk about Pisces being the horniest sign in in the zodiac, <laughs> um, but I think that 
I mean, yeah, I think Pisces horniness is definitely not talked about enough. Again, both benefics, you know, do well there. That that's a wet place, mm. you know. It's a very fertile, <laughs> a fertile space. As are all the water signs, honestly. Um, yeah. If you but it's fertile immersion into incarnation, exactly. And if you just think about the associations, like crabs, scorpions, and fish, produce a lot of off- offspring. You know, like. And again, the association with water and infertility, but um, those are the most fertile signs. And so that's where we get lots of growth from water signs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I think we, we've been talking for quite some time and we somehow <laughs> haven't even taken a pee break, which we <laughs> we talked about. We it's were joking about. Amazing. I know we just were. Yeah, we're I, being I think so intense right now. We're being we're so be- present. <laughs> you're Very right. You're right. Um, I wanted to see if you guys, you know, have any sort of messages to the world from either your sign or just as like a as a water sign. You know, like what what do you want the world to know about us? Anyone can can hop in. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll I can just start really quickly by saying. Um, there are multiple types of intelligences and mm-hmm. the type of intelligence um, intelligences that water signs have are just as valuable um, mm-hmm. as the type that tends to be more, um, you know, uh, valued in our society. And by that, I mean, like emotional intelligence um, is is re- really important and I think should should be more well-regarded um, just, again, in our society because, yeah, it's a big one. That's that's my thing. I love that. Something I was thinking of was how much water it takes to produce anything. Like, just it mm. takes so much. It just takes endless water. to And, like, we see this now since we're talking about fast fashion, perhaps, as an example, but just, like, oh, let's actually be accountable for the materials that we use. But I don't think we recognize that what we've been saying this whole time, you know, that water is so fertile. It's like, it takes so much water to get anything else started. <laughs> like it takes so much water to, mm-hmm. to yield anything else. It and takes the flooding of the Nile. The mm-hmm. flooding of the Nile mm-hmm. and the overflow. Absolutely. And so back to that idea of water being something we take for granted, I think maybe my message is like, let's remember that water is where we start. And Water is so necessary to move through all of the other realms that we're trying to. Water is water is what we had before we had spaceships and planes, mm. and you know, water is how we got um, to to everything, <laughs> really. Yeah. So I think that's my that's my message for today. <laughs> Remember how much water it takes. Appreciate us, bitches. <laughs> Listen <Yes>. for real, <laughs> though. Stop taking us for granted. Because stop. We might not, Stop. by we, water might not be um, so available, you know. Absolutely. You you Absolutely. might have a trout. <laughs> Absolutely. Which we really do, though, don't we? So. Right, exactly. Yeah. Did you plan this for Jupiter's Day? I didn't. Night, no, you guys, you guys chose the date. Oh, that's right. That is right. I thought <laughs> that, too. I was like, how was did just we? One we, oh. we were all we did good. We did available. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this elected itself. Yeah. <laughs> magic no steph do you have a message to the world from water signs um uh i guess i would say if you're afraid of water and all that it pretends 
stop ghosting and abandoning yourself because water can't be contained and it eventually will come crashing in. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the water will continue to rise. It's gonna get you. <laughs> it's gonna get you. The rhythm and the water will get you. I didn't mean for that to sound so threatening. I'm just. Talking. I love it. <laughs> but like, let's though. We did it. acknowledge that's cancer. Like, that's yes, cancer. That's cancer. Yeah, we exactly. need to remind the people that we water is not weak, and like water is water is powerful. Water is potent. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Let's We're strong. Um, <laughs> We're strong. <laughs> um. It's time to tell the people where they can find you. Um, Steph, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. So since, you know, this this is airing after my name change, um, you can find me at Lady Kazimi. That's my Twitter and Instagram. And then the website is ladykazimi.com. Um, yeah. I mean, like I used to go as the Daily Hunch. That's where a lot of my like pre-existing stuff can be found. Cool. And we'll have a we'll yeah. have links in the show notes too. Yeah. Um, Taylor. Um, yes, you can find me at thatsopisces.com as well as thatsopisces on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And Ari. You can find me at saltwaterstars.com and saltwaterstars on Instagram and Twitter. And I didn't get to share my message to the world. Oh my gosh, oh, I'm so sorry. No, don't worry. Like, All of yours were so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> just going to sneak this in here. Please. Um, but I just wanted to say that as we've discussed so beautifully, water is the beginning of everything. And um, your relationship to your own emotional life, your relationship to yourself really is the origin point of everything. Don't underestimate it. Don't underestimate yourself and starting there will bring you the most generative, prolific, beautiful, unimaginable results. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I just wanted to say I wrote a book called Pisces. So if there's any Pisces out there um, or if you have Pisces in your life, this comes out and right as Pisces season is beginning. It's it's a short, quick little book to read and it's a cute little it's a cute gift for folks too for Pisces. I've given it as gifts, yeah. So um, you can find that. Uh, we'll link, but you can just search Shakira Tabor and Pisces. You can um, find it on all the major, you know, places that you get books. And it was, it was fine books. Too. Yeah, it was published. <laughs> it was published by Barnes and Noble, so that's a place you can definitely get it. Um, and yeah, happy almost Pisces season. Whenever you're listening to this. Um, this comes Cute. out like so three, cute. two days before. Actually, I think Pisces season begins on the 18th this year. Yeah. So this comes out okay. the day before Pisces season begins. Cute. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so, so much for this amazing combo. I love you guys. Thanks for having so us. So fun. Thank you so much. This was so great. This was very nourishing. Beautiful, right? Wow. <laughs> So much great wisdom um, and water in and of itself and in our amazing water sign guests this week. I'm so grateful for all three of them. Um, Yeah. Again, I'm going to leave you with, uh, I'm going to leave you with not much, (laughs) but but just a reminder that, um, you know, we're doing this SEO workshop 
on February 26th. You can buy tickets to that. Even if you can't make it live, you'll get the replay. Definitely worth it. Um, if you have any sort of online business or, um, you know, website, I think it would, it would be worth checking out for sure. Um, what else did I want to leave you with? Oh yeah. Just to, you know, like subscribe five stars, um, review, rate review. It really does help. And I actually do read them. (laughs) Um, and we share them and it helps to have like really sweet stuff to share. We actually have so many really lovely reviews on Apple podcasts and it makes me really, really happy more than happy. It just, it warms my heart because I love doing this and it's just really cool to know that you guys like it. You like it when I do this, this talking into a microphone thing, <laughs> this nerding out about astrology with other astrologers thing. Um, so it's the reason that we came back in full force this season with two episodes a week. It's because I got such great, great feedback. So if you like it, keep telling me because I'll keep it up. I'll keep it up. <laughs> Um, and yeah, more fun stuff to come. Um, looking forward to next week's episodes and tell your friends, tell your friends about us. You know, if you're just now tuning in, um, this season, know that we have a lot of really good episodes in season one and season two that you can check out as well. Um, check out theastrology.com for a bunch of cool stuff. I mean, basically like the website looks gorgeous right now. We just re um relaunched it and it's really fun to poke around in. <laughs> you can check out a lot of we have a lot of cool stuff on the on the website including um workshops and classes and lectures and webinars for purchase and some cool PDFs um that you can download. There's a lot of cool stuff. So, check out the website, follow us on socials at the astrology show. Um, you'll get cool updates about the show at the astrology. That's me. And at the underscore 11th underscore house underscore on Instagram, um, to stay up to date on what we're doing all up in there. So yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Um, if you're listening to this on Thursday, when it comes out, I hope you have a really lovely weekend. If you're listening to this on a day that's not Thursday when it comes out, I just hope you, you're feeling good. Um, and if you're not, I hope you feel good soon. Alrighties, have a good one.